Stand episode 91 and it's me Gary P and of course the prof Hello Carl Riley is with us as usual but we have a little guest it's Joey O'Brien so Joey uh, what do you think of Johnny Blue so far? That's the name of this place oh, oh, right, yeah. That's the name of the place sorry <laughs> name of the bar is Johnny Blue like, Who's that? That's me dad Who's Yeah very good yeah. Rover's gear all over the place Yeah we needed someone who was actually at the Finna Harps game because it's one of the few times since we've done the show that neither Gary nor myself were actually at this game. Pretty possible when, when the, the force, isn't it? That neither There's been one or two. Yeah. So, uh, um, Hardy Salsa. Ah, yeah. stop. <laughs> Good 70, yeah. So, we're going to review our wins at UCD and Finn Harps from the past week and look ahead to the home game with Cork tomorrow. So, um, yeah, it's our player of the month for uh, April. Joey, are you happy with that? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, listen. It was... Uh, Surprise, I suppose. Was our presentation? No, I haven't received any uh, trophy or whatever you received. Oh, really? Yep. So There's nothing there? No, there is a trophy. Lee Grace got one. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. It used to be a Peachtree East uh, voucher. Voucher, yeah. yeah. We, they, they were our sponsors originally, but uh, someone hijacked it. I won't, won't say who. <laughs> oh, well, hell. How fair is that? Go out there for breakfast one day. So, um, you're from Crumlin originally, our neck of the woods, D12 lad. Uh, what part exactly? Down on Sundrive Road. So that's where Four Olds was the local? Four Olds, well yeah, this was before, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have been going in there much when I was a kid, but obviously up the road then, Sundrive Park, so that's that was the start of uh, getting involved with Leeward Celtic, you know, starting off there in school by football. So any memories from your time there? Ah yeah, listen, some great times, obviously, as I said, then on the back of the, behind the houses into the the clubhouse, you know, Leeward Celtic, so growing up there and... Then we had to grow. Yeah, yeah, Sunday Park. <laughs> great place up on the hill, you know. Some great, great memories playing with kids you obviously grew up with in the area and playing with them. And then we had a, at the time, it was a, it was a great setup. We had a real competitive team at different age groups, great players throughout the club. When I was growing up, like years younger than me, was like Jocks like Kelly and stuff like that. And then a couple of years older, was the manager played in a great Lewis team, Stephen Bradley played in the. They had a smashing team of players, you know, and then obviously, so stuff like that, there was always top players around, so summer camps and stuff like that, there was always coaches coming over and wanting to work with you, you know. That was when they were powerhouse, really, yeah. at DDSL yeah. level, wasn't it? And yeah, it was what, what happened, football. I mean, it was, they had a link with Liverpool, I think, as well. Yeah. I'm thinking they remember having the crest on the jersey, and it just fell to pieces, Yeah, I'm really, not sure it? exactly what happened, but... Uh, they had a good base in all county as well, yeah, big Astro. Yeah, and they still have that now, they still have the clubhouse there and the... I mean, when I was growing up, it was a five-a-side. It was, a, it was originally a tarmac. Obviously, they changed that and put in the... Painted the grass on it. ...and stuff like that, you know? So, no, it, was a, it was a great place. I remember Liverpool always used to be over coaching and doing the... Like, the on the school holidays and stuff like that. And Carl Robinson, actually, he was manager there now at Oxford United. He, he Is was that former MK Dons? Yeah. yeah, and he was one of the coaches. He was just... Uh, 
had started out retired and only as a young guy like but he, he was starting out on his coaching journey he was one of the coaches that used to come over you know no no and uh, how did you end up following Rovers? Was it a family thing? Yeah, family thing really, yeah. Uh, wife, on my dad's side, he would be a Patsman, he's from Inchy Car. <laughs> and uh, but through all the cousins of mine and stuff like that, they were all Rovers fans. And then we have four, three brothers, like the oldest one, then uh, one of the, the oldest would be a Rovers fan, but the other one would be a Patsman, you know. And then, oh, so, imagine yeah. the divorce, imagine, imagine at Christmas. Yeah, no, it was great, <laughs> listen, and for me, um, Growing up then, obviously, home games, and my dad sometimes go to the Pats games, you'd be going to the Pats games, and then you'd be going to the Rovers games, you know, and then, Jordan, the, I think I've said this, I think, when the off-season came over in England, you'd, um, obviously, through the summer, there'd always be games to go to, you know, and then, at home, you got the Rovers games and stuff like that, and our Pats games, and, oh, listen, it was always, uh, ah, so it was great, some great time going watching games. Any standout games or players from your time watching so I suppose when you look back and you, you think about Gary Twig, I suppose, and that European um, venture and stuff like that was great. You know, I remember going, I was actually in uh, I was actually over playing for West Ham, I think it was at West Ham at the time when they played, was it West Ham about One of them, but when they played Tottenham in White Hart Lane, and I actually couldn't get to it because the way the games worked out, we were actually away traveling or something like that. You just had so, an old Premier League game to play, you know. Well, well no, it was obviously <laughs> a mid-week game, but there was something up that I couldn't get to. Where we were away training them because in a block of games, and I remember that. But I remember being on the phone to obviously the brothers and all that, and they were flying. Some attendance. Ah, wasn't yeah, it? and they were flying, and you couldn't get into London because the flights are so expensive. You were flying up, then getting trains down to length of England. It was unbelievable, you know. So we'll move on now to the game at UCD. 1-0 in the ball on Friday and Aaron McInef was injured in the warm-up. Uh, I, think he, I think he did something to his toy, possibly, so hopefully he won't be out for too long. And um, Brandon Kavanagh stepped in and Carl, you met up with Gar Brennan, Ozzy Nate and Dunster beforehand, having a couple of points. Where did you end up? That was in uh, the place formerly known as O'Shea's on Konski Road. And uh, we're all waiting for Nate to say, mixed emotions. Yeah, he just gets mad over and then starts screaming, doesn't he? Because our friend Carl Kearns, his brother is Connor Kearns, the UCD keeper. So, so Nate, Connor be at yeah. the game, so he wouldn't know how to feel. Yeah. See, when we scored that winner, the late one against UCD, I looked behind me and he was just kind of, he was just torn, he didn't know what to think. <laughs> we were giving him abuse anyway, we were yeah. going, you're over <laughs> Connor was actually in the papers on Friday morning, because his mum, Pamela, is actually running for election. So he was being interviewed and he was saying he has to help her put up the posters and all and mix that with his, his studies and his football and everything else. Well, he's a busy man, isn't he? And you could tell we hadn't played the UCD ball for five years because there was actually threads on Facebook asking about ticket availability. All the new fans, I'd say. Ticket availability. Just rock up and buy one. Had UCD. Oh my God. So, um, and Ron and Finn and a few Rowers fans were serving a one-match suspension <laughs> for this game. Don't talk about the war, bro. <laughs> So big crowd, nearly thirteen hundred, and uh, reminiscent of our league win back in the day. Yeah, the UCD fan was going wild. <laughs> yeah, this with Deco, and he was on the PA. UCD, rah rah rah. Yeah, he's on the PA as well. Carl Morphy was giving out stink about him. About the music on the PA, yeah, saying it was some sort of gangster rap, and he wasn't happy with it. It's a quality ground, but it's kind of a hard place to generate an atmosphere, isn't it? Ah, this the ball. Dead. Yeah. It's dead. There's no way, fans. What do you expect? It's just all of us. They do do an epic hot dog, I must say. Yeah, the prof prof does uh, food reviews as well. So you can... Go around taking them yeah. yeah. the uh, I always liked dairy, I must say. The Longford Gourmet Burger was good, the pulled pork, yeah, remember that? that and good. then I fell down the steps. 
I think the best remains Tolman Park, but sadly, we don't go there anymore. Yeah, it wouldn't be the case. So, um, yeah, the big crowd, Prof. We had uh, people making school puns, had we? Yeah, a few school puns. Some of them are good, some of them are awful. Uh, Wacker O'Toole hates Neil Doyle even more than Forky, which... And that's the day, he's a, he's a Rovers lad. Like, like Neil Doyle is a Rovers fan. The ref, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's no. Would you rate him as one of the better refs? Yeah, or? yeah. yeah. I would, he's quite professional, honest. isn't he? He gives it the... Yeah, I think he's... I think most of the time he's... say he gets the big calls right. Oh, and really? also, he's one of these refs you can speak to, you know? And even sometimes he might get them wrong and he might say, listen, you know? Really? You might call it that yeah, way yeah, and yeah. say it to him on the pitch. You might say, listen, I look back on it. And, and there's wrong. many refs out there that wouldn't speak to you, like? Yeah, listen, I don't know. Like, I just remember he got the... Yeah, I think he done the cup final, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, he got it. Yeah. Normally, that's a that's an indication of who's kind of been yeah. head and shoulders above the rest, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think he has that bound. I think the big games, you know. I think I, would, I don't think it would uh, would phase him at all, you know. Uh, yeah. So, Prof, more on the ground. It's a it's a good little ground, but was I supposed to pitch like Joey? What was the pitch like? Yeah, no, last year. Uh, Sometimes it's just be torn up. Yeah, now and now. I think obviously there was a little bit of that in the media, I suppose earlier on the season was but I think the the lads were saying that the rugby had finished or something that they might use for rugby yeah, or something like that. Skills, and then obviously the Euro under seventeen championships was getting it was getting used as one of the pitches. So there was a game on it on uh, on Thursday and obviously we played it on the Friday. So I mean considering that was it was in decent yeah, nick, you know. Nick. And Borky was there as well. Yeah. Hopefully the lads we were, got uh, a selfie. And anyone trying to poach him. Get him <laughs> get him stuck in there. I'm he sure. rejected my advances last time. I'm sure Joey wouldn't mind him back now, but... Uh, uh, listen. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can't, we can't uh, ask. I can't think we can afford him now. <laughs> yeah. 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 I seen what he was driving. <laughs> I think we him. Leo Radcar was uh, hovering around D4 as well. Did he get a belt of a milkshake? <laughs> See a Robert fan? <laughs> I hope not. Jeez. <laughs> you probably wanted your autographs. So <laughs> yeah, so they had two clear-cut chances in the first half. Carved out a couple. Uh, Yo-Yo Maddie. Firepost miss hit and Lopez cleared it off the goal line, possibly going off target. And then we yeah, we got away with murder with the <laughs> with the uh, Maddie one, didn't we? Because yeah, was... it was like a second phase uh, from a wide set play, really. You know, and um, it was more of a, I suppose, a ricochet in the box, really. That and then got the a bit of luck. Yeah, and then obviously it led to fall back across the goal. We weren't there, and he, listen, he mm. should have scored, you know. And uh, it's a different game then, I suppose, when you're chasing it. But I thought we. Um, we started well and we were knocking it around well, you know, and it was just, we created a lot of chances and got into good goal scoring opportunities and plenty of balls into the box and stuff like that, so I always felt it was, uh, we were probably going to score. Yeah. Two good away wins, let's be honest, I mean, I know it's the bottom of the, the, the pile, the boys in the bottom pile, but it's, it's, a, it's a good six points. Mm. Last year, open oh, fan harps, I couldn't see us doing that. You know, it's a, diff- it's a different story now, they're, they're the ones you need to be winning. And we Trevor Clark, this little goal, we talk about uh, our goal first, Car on 21 minutes. Yeah, just about got in, didn't it? Uh, it was good work by Greener on the right. Mm, yeah. And uh, probably a bit of a kind of a scuff cross, but did the job. Like the defender kind of let it go in front of him. Yeah, it, I thought it was a foul or free, uh, like play got blown up. But probably should have been clear. But freed Metallo, decent cross and Car, Car poked at home, so nice finish. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a good ball over the top actually from Pico and he dropped in. Green, to be fair, was making them runs all night down the side of the centre half and stretching the drags stretching the, the game, out, doesn't it? Now and then from leads on to obviously my normal self as a defender one thing you don't like is run back towards your own goal you know he obviously got in played the ball across and Dan came in at the back post and 
finished it off and obviously on a 1 0. We were really, I suppose, settled into the game then, controlling the play and the tempo, and um, probably should have uh, got the second probably before half time, you know. Obviously, I think. Speaking of the second, the other chances, Prof. Uh, I mean, loads. You mentioned the Clark one. According to everyone on, in, in line with it, it was onside. I thought it was onside at the time myself. Castrain uh, hit the post. Jack Byrne had a stunning effort. Everyone thought it was in. Do you think it was in? Mm, yeah. And just kind of landed in the side netting. Yeah. Uh, Dan Carr was excellent in the fairness zone. He had this amazing charging run in the second half. He just was past about five He players. has that in him, doesn't he? And then a minute later, he was true on goal. And he missed... And uh, the keeper saved him from Olkey as well. So, I mean, if you add up UCD's chances and errors, it could have been 7 2 in the end. Mm. It was a mad game. Really. Yeah, of course, listen, I think. In, um, as long, it's like a night game. As long as it's you don't get that second goal and put a team to bed, you know, there's always going to be a chance because they're always going to have moments of play when you open your final tour and getting balls into the penalty box, you know, and, or if it's, again, a set play or a cross. And I think really the. They got a free kick. We gave away a free kick maybe with 10, 15 minutes to go. And was this in our half? Yeah, this was probably mm-hmm. 20 That's yards what out. Peeves, you know, the and then obviously, after, what happened the, the week before against Ligo? I hate it so I was obviously further out against Ligo, but you're thinking, geez, you know, there's a chance here you put this in top corner. But mm-hmm. apart from that, really, I think they had a cross then late doors in the second half. They had one header in the across the box. The really. half, yeah. Don't think Alan had a save to make, really, though, you know, so. Yeah. And uh, Joe, you went left full, versatile as ever. Eden Boyle came on. Far from your striking days at Trinidad Castle. <laughs> yeah, listen, I played a lot of games in, uh, in England at left full. Um, I think, looking back on it, I suppose, you look back on stuff now, probably one of my back seasons all day playing was the whole season was playing as a left back. I'm glad you, you know? mentioned that, actually, because I was going to say to you, is this, uh, would this be one of the more consistent periods of football ever in your career? As regards to playing consistently without injury, because you were quite troubled no, with injury, weren't you? No, I don't think so. You know, it's um, at times I had um, some. I think well, well documented knee injuries, you know. But them knee injuries caused me a lot of time. But they were actually in chunks, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I missed one. I played a season or whatever a bit, and then I missed a year and a half with uh, two operations on my right knee. Then I was able to come back and play again, and I had no problems with that. And then my left knee went to me and missed two and a half years. Um, with my left knee I had to have three operations on that one but then it's a litany of charges isn't it yeah and that was all before yeah. 25 really yeah 24, 25 so from 25 onwards you had all those operations on your knees before 25 yeah so from that time onwards up until now uh, touch wood <laughs> we have a game regarding uh, with any with knees you know it's uh, so it's obviously it's like I suppose um, I've picked up little muscle injuries here and there where you, you yeah. miss out a few weeks here and there sort of thing and obviously I dislocated my shoulder and had to have surgery on that but I suppose from 25 hours the, the lengthiest period I missed was in a dislocated shoulder I had to have surgery on yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that dislocated surgery or the dislocated shoulder is an old injury is it? no it's a, that was that's actually on a different shoulder so <laughs> on the other one so uh, well you had the yeah I had to get that one you can stitch it back together I just went to show me all the scars yeah it was a that was a nasty one, to be honest. So I had to, I had no way a choice really. I had to have a, the surgery on that one. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, back to injuries now. <laughs> playing, I suppose, and consistent. Listen, I don't think so. Like you're playing, the level is totally different. You know, yeah. What the level is over there. So it's uh, 
that's one of those things as well. Because you're enjoying your football, you say that anyway. Yeah. And um, we know you play anywhere for hours, but uh, going to your head. What's your favourite position? I listen as I said. Yeah, throughout <laughs> my whole career, from when I went over to England, I went over in the, to Bolton as, as an academy player. I was centre mid, broke into the first team over there playing centre mid. The whole full back thing just sort of happened. And really, you know, I always remember playing a game, and it was, I was, it was we played Besiktas over in uh, in Turkey in a. Was this your was this league under game. Village? No, this was up for Bolton. This for was going way back now. This probably you would have been probably oh, about 12 now. <laughs> and uh, so this was back then and then I was I was pl- I played this game and the game went well for me and I thought I was, had a chance of playing on the Sunday then back in the Premier League and then um, team went up I was looking at the centre wasn't there and I was thinking jeez what do you have to do to get yeah. a game here and just happens I was looking at the rest of the team and there's my name Roy full. <laughs> you know that's how it started really there was no so you were, you were down thinking I'm not yeah. in the team. Didn't even look at the right yeah. foot. And then I just went through the team to see what the rest of the team was. And there I am playing right foot, you know. And then I was just developed. And you went out, played on the game on the on the Sunday. And then it was just, yeah, done all right. All right, you're staying there. <laughs> and um, what have we got next, Prof? We have uh, the, the the UCD game. Did the players ever become a little bit impatient that that second goal wasn't coming? Yeah, I suppose when you're getting the chances and they're not going in, you're just thinking, but it's not at the club and through the team and I wouldn't just say from uh, the back forward goalkeeper sort of situation through the whole team and the football club from the managers down it's I put massive emphasis on uh, clean sheets at this at, at the club now you know and being strong defensively okay we, we play some good stuff and we go out and try to score goals and excite and whatnot. but the, it's, we know it's all based around um, clean sheets and I think last year I'm not too sure exactly how many we got, but we were one short of Dundalk, I think. And yeah, no, we levelled it, we levelled it. We were 20 each, wasn't it? 20 each, yeah. Okay, so, and I think, again, that's what we're hitting for, but you know, I aim for that, and if you can get more than that, you're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season, without a doubt, you know, and mm. I think if you look at leagues all over the world, the thing that finishes top, there or thereabouts, will we'll have yeah. the most clean sheets, you know. You don't concede, mm. you don't lose, do you? Mm. Uh, then, Prof, you had, um, you were surprised to see them play into the, the corner flag at the end it's something well, we don't really do is it I'm not being critical it's just it was sort of it surprising it is something we don't do it's, yeah. it's practical I understand that but given how many chances we had in the game it was kind of just found a bit strange to see us actually holding the ball in the corner yeah it's not it's not minute. something that we normally do is it yeah. but listen it's if, if it has to be done it has to be done yeah. and any standout players for UCD for you anyone you talk took t- no, no, on no, the t- game yeah I suppose there's a lot of talk about the at the minute, I suppose the the left side centre back, the Scales boy, and then yeah. Fruja. Fruja was excellent. Yeah. That, that know, game against but, us. Um, yeah, they have some nice players. Obviously, the the way they play, they like to get around, knock it around. You have times in games against all teams, and even against us, there they're able to string passes together. And you're thinking, geez, they're playing some good stuff here, yeah. you know. And I suppose they're probably lacking maybe that centre forward that would get them. Mm the goals that maybe that play deserves and the chances to create really and I yeah. suppose if they had that goal score and maybe in their ranks they, they'd be higher up the league you know but I think they're conceding like fuck as well they're, they're really conceding heavily as well I think this is the mm. most they've conceded in a long long time at this stage of the season sorry Connor parents <laughs> but um, yeah so I thought, uh, uh, I thought scales look good as always Brugia was always threatening he looks like a real mm. talent maybe his end product wasn't there but uh, actually, Gary O'Neill, he was the one a lot of people have had their eyes on because he's being linked with us. Mm. Actually, didn't do much in the game at all for me. 
he was kind of doing the, playing the save pass a lot rather than trying to you know create something meaningful. Open, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, this, this is different ways. I suppose tempo of the game dictates as well. I suppose we were at times having long periods of possession. So not only yourself then you go in and playing playing as a midfielder. Then sometimes it's just about getting on the ball and trying to get your team settled down and even get two, three, four passes together. You know, just to change the picture a little bit and stuff. But we were um, thought Dylan Watts was uh, playing centre mid, obviously, and was sort of a late sort of um, moving there with Ireland going down injured in the warm. Thought he was best player in the park. Um, it's, it was needed as well because. Obviously, we want to ask you, but we, we we thought he'd been kind of lacking this season, so it's good to see him get a good game under his belt as well because mm. he, uh, his form had been a little bit indifferent. That's obviously in our opinion, but um, it's good to see him get a good game under his belt. If you read uh, Johnny Ward's match apart for IT and you read Dave Donnelly's match apart for 42.ie, we were pretty decent according to one and we were shite according <laughs> to the other. Do you know so who Johnny Ward is? I'll leave it up to you as which one is which. Do you know who Johnny Ward is? Well, I mean, we <laughs> played in the game, so I'm not going to be uh, listening <laughs> to what people are writing in papers. I'm not too sure. I see, I see some of these reports and I think to myself, I don't know whether... I don't even know if it's possible that that amount of journalists is in, at this game and then they're at that game with the road and then another game with the road, you know? So, Johnny uh, Ward is uh, it's controversial to say the least. Every paragraph is just some sort of dig about how we... We're just poor. He like, loves Sean in the legs, doesn't he? You caught a point afterwards, Prof. You were down with the Mafia. I was in the points afterwards, yeah. And once again, certain members of the UCD squad, who spoke very well on the Great Seagull and World podcast, may or may not have been there, drinking having, a non-alcoholic having beverage. an orange. Yeah, a few, <laughs> a few oranges were had. Uh, yeah, so Joey, you joined Baldwin in 2002 and you were 15 years old. This is the one Prof gives me grief over because... I love. I, I played. I played at like the the top level the way you would. I'm, I'm brutal. I, I, yeah, bluff me way through it. But I love hearing about the trials because like the likes of like there was Steve Gleeson in my year. There was Stokesy. There was Owen Doyle. Some Alan Power. Like some really good mm. players. And you'd always hear about them. I was close to one of the lads who went away, and he was always telling me like he was with Villa. He was with, he was a Celtic, and he was going away on trials. Who else is you going on trial with? Oh yeah, they all want you. Yeah, a lot. I suppose. <laughs> Villa, Sunderland, Arsenal, Liverpool. You know, some you look back. Actually, funny enough, my first ever trial was uh, to West Ham. Yeah. And uh, how it all works out is we have. It was probably, I suppose, looking back, maybe too young, really. Probably twelve going, twelve toward. I mean, Jocks I went. Um, I think Jocks may have been twelve. We went with toward then. So. That Same team, uh, young Jocks in the middle of the park, was it? No, we actually we played different age groups. Jocks was a year younger than me. Oh, yeah. Obviously, at the time, the elite player of his age group in there. Uh, in Ireland, yeah. and I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have been that. I wouldn't have been the elite player at that age. Now, who, who else yeah. would have been in your age? So oh, no, in in Dublin would have been. Uh, you had, I suppose, Pat Craig. <laughs> no way, Pajol. Yeah, Pajol, um, Stephen Foley, Bubbles. Nice. He was at Stella as well, smashing player. Yeah, He's probably to me, like at that age, the best player. They played them. Them two boys, and they played a year older in schoolboy football. So we actually didn't play against each other, you know what I mean? They were always playing a year above their yeah. age, but came down to for the selections at Dublin and Ireland and all this sort of jazz. But uh, them two, then you had like Paul McShane, Andy Kyo. Um, Andy Kyo was knocking them in for Perth mm. now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, uh, Stephen Ireland. You're still good mates um, with McShane. Now, yeah, 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 we'll be still very close to Paul, you know. And, um, so yeah, there was uh, Stephen Queen, Gary Dicker. So all these oh yeah, Gary Dicker got the team of the year yeah. this morning, yeah. actually, I think it was and announced. He, uh, 
in the Scotland SPL yeah, team. So there was plenty. Darren Brady, obviously Robbie Brady's brother. He was uh, it's an all lad. That's quite the football in the family. Yeah, um, he actually went to West Ham as a did he as a sixteen year old Darren. Um, so then obviously going on trials back and forward and then oh yeah what was the clincher playing just... for actually I was playing again with Stella Maris and the academy director of uh, of Bolton he come over to look at your centre forward who had been back on for, going back and forward to trials and um, at the time Stella we would we would have had a decent one of the stronger teams I suppose so um, there was talk about this lad so the academy director came to watch him and oh, he was playing uh, at the time now with Centre half, but play them more as a libero, libero, yeah. Um, armchair job. So, <laughs> and I just sort of whatever caught the eye, and that was it. Then went over, and uh, yeah, just felt at home. Was it what, what made you think, Roy? This is the one for me. Thought I was gonna get again, yeah, yeah. Thought Since. I was gonna get again, Um with like obviously, I knew I was gonna play. But getting the feel, went a couple of times, got a feel of the whole sort of thing, and even at that age, I was looking around thinking, it was at that stage, it was 17s and 19s. That's how the academy was run. Then you had the reserve team, then into the fourth team. Right. But I, at, at times, there was, I was there, so you're over on trial. Obviously, um, sometimes you got, I was in with the 19s, trying to play the game, I think, for the 19s. One time, thought, like, you know, I'm playing here three, four years out of my age group. Yeah, well, comfortable. At this, for this team. Which probably wouldn't have, definitely wouldn't have been the case when you go to one of the bigger teams, you know, you wouldn't have been three playing three, four years out of your age group sort of thing. So then went over um first year went well I suppose and then second year then that's when I sort of yeah, kicked on really and then was looking to go out on to loan maybe obviously me seeing a debut and then Went down alone to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, you're looking at our notes here, it's profits happening again. Uh your successful loan spell, nine minutes into your debut. Yeah. He scored. Yeah, great moment. Never forget it. Uh, first ever goal in senior football. First ever goal in senior football. It was actually first ever start in senior football. I'd only made a cameo appearance for uh, for Bolton against Yeovil in the Carlin Cup, well, League Cup at the time. Oh, you and came uh, on for Hierro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. came on for Nandy Hierro. Well, that was, was some team, wasn't it? Yeah, JJ Clutchett? Yeah, some players we had then. But obviously that debut was... Uh, Yuri, Yuri Yorkoyev, was he there? Yeah, that was... Yeah. Before a year before, Jesus, what a team! Fernando was just a great fella, you know. And um, as a kid, obviously he knew where he'd come from and stuff like that. Now here, he wouldn't know who I am, you know. But he had a serious impact on me because after I used to play as a six, like a defensive midfielder at the time of Bone, he was playing as a six. After training, you know, the the chap would come out here and he'd be talking, he'd see you practicing, passing, and all that, and he'd tell you, "Listen, what about changing it and doing this way?" You know, and the little ticks and like little things you take on now, and I look back on it and think, you know, always remember you that. took it on board, like, and probably developed your game with just little moments, you know. And as I said, the man wouldn't recognise me or even remember my name, you know. But it was a what was oh, JJ Hatcher like? Yeah, smashing player, unbelievable player. In training was yeah, the big in training, unbelievable. And then done it on matches. I remember one year of Bolton, they were near relegation, um, and. It was the year West Ham got relegated with 40 odd points. It might have been one of the first times that the team ever got relegated with 40 odd, 40 odd points. And he played against West Ham's second last game of the season. And they only stood up because of him. Yeah. And he was that big. People say about a card and that was it for me. Look, you know, you, you sensed how big the game was, the pressure on the game. Arguably, if Bolton had got relegated, they wouldn't have came back up, you know. And West Ham had a team of Joe Cole, um, Michael Carrick, Jermaine Defoe, Glenn Johnson. 
good, good all these team. players, you know. And then, uh, no disrespect to the lads at Bolton, but JJ was obviously a standout name. But that performance... Dragged up to safety. Dragged safety, exactly. <laughs> I think you might have answered this question earlier, but you had two European <coughs> campaigns in three years at Bolton. Mm. Uh, so a lot of European nights. So the favourite one was that the one in Turkey. One of the, I think the, I think looking back, the one in Turkey you played with Shikta. This is when I I come back off loan, obviously off Sheffield Wednesday, um, made me Premier League debut at the last game of the season. So then that, that the next year then was real. I was thinking right, this is it now for me, and didn't start, didn't start the season. And was probably a little bit not disillusioned, but thinking, "Geez, you know, I mightn't. I might have to look somewhere else here, you know, to to keep going with your career." And but then the European games kind of, uh, kicked off, and uh, Sam um, sort of used it as a as a squad sort of thing, and for young lads, and I made a play the games over there, and then I played the game. Bishik that's away, obviously in the stadium over there, and the atmosphere and was the best I still ever played in. And Did they slaughter any goats? No, I don't think that happened at a Rovers game before. Uh, who's who's the Rovers versus Derek Trace and Talisbor? Altisbor and Altisbor. They slaughtered yeah. a goat and they rubbed the blood all over their heads. Really? The players. No, did, well, now forget the atmosphere. You know, as I said, still to this day, it was by far the best atmosphere I ever played. But had a good game really, and I think going back to the European, that was the real. I suppose start on me where people thought this fella's half decent. You know, he's able to yeah. play in the big games, and then I was able to. Playing, we had some great nights. Played Atletico Madrid, knocked Atletico Madrid out over two legs. Um, remember the game over there? Um, Sporting Lisbon, we got knocked out of over there in the second campaign, I think. Marseille knocked us out the year Jeez. before in the Velodrome. Last 16, we should have beat them. And we had a good team that year. And still looking back on it, I suppose. Campo. We he had, there. yeah. We had, um, was Christian Carambo on that team? No. That was Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Yeah, he wasn't there, no. He wasn't with us. We had like Brown Nogati, Yushi Ascaline at the time. Like, Bruno the best God. goalkeepers in the Premier League. Ricardo Gardner, JJ, Gary Spade, Kevin Nolan. So Stelios, Kevin Davis. You know, Stelios the Greek, remember him? Yeah, El Hadji Juff. All these boys had Khalidou Fadiga, Hidatoshi Nakata. They were just... Nakata, what was he like? Players, he, was, you know? he was a cult figure for us, wasn't he? The likes of growing up a championship manager yeah, yeah. and playing games. He was just amazing. What was he like as a person? Yes, yeah, so is he like the mitts? Is he like a fairly, yeah, it was, uh, an Asian god? Yeah, I like, was phenomenal. You know, I remember really, obviously, you heard about him and how big he was and all that. Never really seen it, but I remember when we went down to the London teams, Chelsea and stuff like that. Obviously, a lot more Asian people down there, man. I was just fanatic. <laughs> you know, a few years later, then we went to South Korea on a pre season tour. And even towards like Bolton players like Swarm. myself and other random players, like you have these fans, you're thinking, What? Like that just <laughs> mad. So for him, it was would have been incredible. But yeah, retired early, finished really early. I think yeah, finished when yeah. he was like I think he's a bit of a fashion mogul now or something. Is he, yeah. Like that. Something along the lines of that, yeah. Um yeah, so that was the, the European campaign as well, those players. Remember that Bolton team? We used to always talk about yeah. them from years ago. It was a super team. Big Sam would always just turn up with some mad signing. We were thinking, like, yeah, we'd be like, you, York, you have just signed for Bolton, remember? Yeah, he was, uh, oh, yeah, I just had him kept doing it. He was out of the juice. What was it about Europe. Sam that he could do that? What was it? Because he, was he just persuasive? Was he a Yeah, Latin? and I think he, with, I think you already looking back on was one of the, the starts, really, you know what I mean? And he wanted to, I think, get into the, the World Cup squad mm. and uh, it was hard I went to him and said listen this, you're going to be playing in the biggest league in the world and it's like this is the platform you come in yeah. yeah okay we're not the biggest team in the world but you're going to be playing play well you're going to 
and they've done that with a lot of players. I think even Campo at the time finished Real Madrid. Fernando Hierro, I think, wanted one last dance really, and that was sort of it. And he was able to sell it, JJ. But I remember someone telling the story. Now we used to meet him in Bolton. He used to always fly in to meet him somewhere. That fly and meet you in Paris. I meet you in London. You know, so uh, we'll show you the we sold the dream to them. We got this, that, and the other. Then uh, it wasn't down the local uh, local coffee shop in Bolton. <laughs> yeah. that was and um, so standout moments in your career in the Premier League. What top of your head? Um, standout moment. It's not probably that debut, you know. You always look back on, I suppose, that moment. I remember, because um, as you as growing up as a kid, you want to play in the Premier League, and then when you get there and you you've signed for them and you're playing in the academy, you want to play in the first team. So that that love stand out. I suppose we had some um, great results at Bolton as well. On the Sam, we used to have sort of Arsenal's number for a period of time. Yeah. I grew up as a Arsenal fan, and uh, so beating them and playing against them, playing against. Very camp on Reed, them sort of players, you know, that was, they were great nights. We, we always said that the easy thing was to get signed as from the DDSL. That was the mm. easy thing to do because then the hard work starts. You've got to get through the academy, the 70s, the 90s, the way you said, like it's a tough, tough thing. I think Mark Kenny from Beach Boy, he did a, I think he did a survey over the course of four years and something like 90% of kids come home after, it's YTS it was called, wasn't it? It's not called, I think it's called anymore. Yeah, it's called now. But um, they, they just come home straight away, no education, no nothing. Yeah, no, it's, listen, uh, the, at the time, it, I remember the academy director, he, had, he sat us all down, his first years, there would have been probably 11, 12, maybe four years, starting out, and he was like, listen, lad, these are the facts, and it was from the get-go, these are the facts, like, by the time you get to 19, or, yeah, by the time you get to 19, like, there'll be nine years gone, he says, and then there'll be two years left, and then by the two of them, he says, one year might be doing well if he's, get, if he's lasted 21. And then you get the 21, you might get a career out of it. And just it's a bit... Little 11, you're yeah. just sitting there. You're saying, you're saying that's the reality of them, I suppose, he was putting it across. You're a professional footballer. Bang, from day one, this is it now. These are the demands coming in. What do you want? And I just had a mentality that I was like, I'm going to be that fucking one. I think we've seen it with the quiz and fairness. You know? And <laughs> you're a bit competitive. Yeah. No, and that was it. And it was just, everything was driven towards that. And all the lads there, it was a lot more local base lads from it greater Manchester area I know you used to just think right you'd be in digs after the game you used to whatever win or lose or whatever but you'd know all the boys would be going back home to that to that family's houses and out with their pals and yeah. seeing going off of boards and all stuff like this and I'd be like nah man I'm in really I'm the gaff. yeah yeah I know you look back on it and I used to be like right this is it this is where I get my advantage now they're going to be able to pay dividends hasn't it listen I had that from 16, 17 years of age, you know, my weekend was spent walking down to Mass on a Sunday, you know, and <laughs> the walk, mass. you know, that's, I look back and that's how I spent my weekends, you know, and then, as you then, obviously, things lead on, it's about all that factors, of course, like, you have to be able to, you have to have the ability, you know, the attitude was one, it's both, you have to have both, but you have to have the ability, and then you have to be able to do it when the pressure's on in big, big games, like, when you, if you're going to be good, like, you have to, Produce and you might only get at that level. That's what we always say to players when you get a chance, man. You must take, take it. Because Both if you can't take it on one game, it might be just. And that's how ruthless it is with first team managers and stuff. And still is. You go, you play a game, and if you don't make an impact or you're bad, it might be just like, gone. That's your one chance, you're gone. Yeah, it's crazy, you know? isn't it? It's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And uh, promotion with West Ham. Four seasons, 2011, 2012. Happy memories there. Yeah, incredible moments. As I said, it was coming off uh, 
Big crowds, I'd say as well. Yeah, I didn't play a game for it. Going back there, I didn't play a game from um, February, um, no, October 2008. Made a comeback in February 2011. Again, back out with Sheffield Wednesday. Jovi have a great place in my heart. Went back out on loan there for a month to try just prove to people that I was still fit and even looking for a, a new contract out of Bolton. Would you go looking for the loan? Well, i tell you what happened. though was uh, Gary Mexon, a massive impact again on my career um, and helped me out a lot um, when I was at Bolton, going through the knee injuries and uh, really stuck by me at the club. And then the way I walked out, um, Gary had taken over at Sheffield Wednesday. And I sort of was coming back there from the knee injuries. Was They were league one at the time. And through my agent, I says, like, get on to him and see. Yeah. He'd be interested. And went down, and again, for reasons, him, and obviously Sheffield Wednesday as a club, went a lot to me from the first time when I went out on loan at the very start, so it was a different start, stage in my career, really, but we went out, and then, then I came back, I got released from Bolton in the July, June, July period, again, fell into place, you look back on, um, now look with injuries, but probably look at other things, the way I walked out. Gaffers and people who took yeah, joined you. Yeah, and then West Ham had just got relegated from the Premier League, Got rid of that manager. Sam Aldoyce was obviously out of the job. There was, was all the talk. Sam had never managed. I don't think in the championship at the time or something like this. And there was all this talk. Would he take it? Obviously, they uh, wanted to come straight back up. So approached them. I'd obviously had a relationship from Sam from over the years. And I was like, right, come down for uh, come down for pre-season. And went to see how my knee was. Yeah. Obviously, because a lot of people thought it was done. Like, you're really, you know. And then... So I went down and done six weeks pre-season and uh, went well, obviously played games, trained, proved my fitness really with my knee and then um, started the first game of the season against Cardiff in Upton Park, which yeah, was a great sort of whatever Still start. Do you remember your first ever Premier League goal was against Stoke in October 2012? And I have a follow-up question. It's not about time you scored for Rovers. Oh, yeah, listen, you always remember that... Uh, I'll always remember that goal against Stoke was uh, for a lot of reasons and we um, we because I missed a lot before you know we obviously <laughs> have brothers and friends all we had he'd always back you he'd always get a big prize and the amount of times I had text messages on the brother I was speaking I'm Jesus how did you miss that you cost me a fortune you'd be 50 to 1 or whatever you know but that night um, scored yeah and it was actually a Monday night football, so it was on Sky, it was on TV, so obviously you had a lot of people back home, friends able to watch the match on a Monday night, so that ah, was a great night. Yeah, I'm going back to the road, and yeah, right, and desperate <laughs> I think I'm getting too desperate at this day, this is what's happened to me. <laughs> it's, so, it's something that we do actually struggle with, is set pieces as regards to scoring from them. Mm. I think it's been the last few years as well, isn't it? We, we haven't really scored that many set pieces. So. Yeah. yeah, no, we've... Pico, Pico, has, Pico has gets, Pico has gets his mallet up there, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he gets built four seasons. Yeah, he, he sticks his mallet. He'd run through a wall, wouldn't he? I think he's on three now, isn't yeah. yeah. He just puts yeah, his head on that. To be fair, like, yeah, we need to... The rest of us need to chip in. Well, it'd probably be me, Eaton, Lee... Yeah, well, I don't need to get the ball in the back of the net. If James Furlong... Furlong scored before you, there's something going on there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we spoke with Big Sam and your first goal. Then we had, we're going to talk about our tour away game in a row and beating Finhart's training at the Bally Buffet on Monday and won the games that neither me or the prof went to. And um, Harps won a good run, beating Waterford at home, 3-2. So I was a bit apprehensive. They were all beating in four. 
It's just, always a tough place to go. They just got that last minute winner over uh, Waterford. Yeah, Shawnee, Shawnee Boyd, Boyd got, got it. Got yeah. Yeah. So um, so, yeah, it was to be fair, I thought we went up and uh, we played first half, we played some really good stuff. The no. Finn Harris fans are very complimentary of our style of play. They said really, that yeah. um, um, we're going to be up there at the end of the season. They I reckon. think first half, the way we knocked it around, obviously, as you said, it was a difficult place, difficult pitch. It's tight, it's narrow. Bumpy. It's, um, yeah, but we play the way we play, you know. We knocked it around the back and walked and stuff and got in loads of chances. Obviously, you got the uh, going in behind. Obviously, Finn got the goal. I suppose when you get the early goal as well, it's massive, you know, and you get it's that. Huge, yeah. You get that early goal, especially where we play. As I said, we're a possession based sort of team, and at times you can dominate the ball. So when you're, when you're up, like, when you have that goal on the board, it's difficult teams, I think. And oh, geez, we need to come out here and chase a little bit. And again, we went on, got the second, and then again, as I said earlier on, you get that second goal, us as a team, you know, you find, like, I don't know, he's probably proving me wrong here now, but I don't know. We conceded more than two from like open play, definitely. Maybe the goal Our first goal conceded from open play was UCD, wasn't it? Yeah. And there hasn't been that many since. No, so we're, like, we're tight. Yeah, well, I think obviously the dark got one, didn't he? But well, the first one was just from a set play. Like, we are tight, so yeah. I don't think didn't we, we fancy ourselves, like, and then obviously slowly got with the man's free kick, but I don't think we'd, we'd fancy ourselves not to score two from open play. I'll concede two from open play, sorry. But, mm. And then we dominated the game. We should have went three up. There was a goal disallowed. Uh, Green, I got one disallowed. I think it was a bad decision, really, by the, by the ref, you know. He has had no luck. It's about eight disallowed goals. How many disallowed goals? Yeah, and it wasn't goals. Green as well. It was made a tackle on the edge of the box. It was, you know, it was a great tackle, to be fair. And then he played it to Green and Green. I finished it. And it was nothing wrong with it, really. And he blew the whistle for a free year. It was a mad decision, you know. It's the story of Green this season, but he's been excellent. Yeah, and then it was, so as much. you said, two and a half time, second half. Then we played a little bit different, maybe we... Um, we are just more focused on I suppose okay Can, they need to come at us now and they did yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. they had to come at us a little bit you know and kind of contained again yeah, yeah and again then but you had so many chances in the second half because of how they played they came out even more which then played in the air strength obviously with the likes the players we have on the on, on the ball higher up the pitch the likes of Finna, Dylan, Jack you know these lads they're going to create chances for you you know and balls in behind and stuff like that and again um we had plenty of chances. Green, it was great. It was great for Green to get the goal and the tour goal from a set play to finish it off. There's a goal. These lads are from a set play, do you know? <laughs> um, so was it? Was it goal from a set play? Yeah, it was Burns cross and then it was flicked on. Oh, Green, yeah, and then he buried it at the back post. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. so it was... Uh, Shut us up, wasn't it? That was it. That was it, then it was it. And then, um, yeah, so Oki was unwell. He didn't travel. He had six players on the bench. And uh, nice weather, Prof. We only had one hoops bus going up. Gar Brennan, Ozzy Nate got a bit lost. On the way up, and all Donegal rows look the same. Joey, do you know what a temporal causality loop is? No, we don't. No, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even be on there. Yeah. So if it was on the quiz. You wouldn't wouldn't have got that right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a loop. Where it basically, it means that everything that is happening has already happened over and over again indefinitely, and will continue to do so forever. So <laughs> it's something that we've been discussing lately. It's it's a bit off topic, <laughs> but it's, that's what happens when you go to Donegal. <laughs> But uh, to the 70 people who travelled to Nigal on the Monday, uh, fair play. But it just wasn't happening for me. Like it's, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to ask of people Yeah. to go that way on a Monday night. You stayed the night, didn't you? Yeah, yeah we went Great up. preparation, yeah, I thought. Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. We went up on the travel. The trained. Jackson, was it? We tra- yeah. Nice hotel, yeah, then. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we trained on the Sunday afternoon. Obviously, because having the game on the Friday night as well, you know. Um, 
you're playing the Friday evening, you can't really, obviously Saturdays, they record you, Sundays even, two days after the game, you're, you're still not, you're, you're still being very careful of what train you do, you know, from the, the coach's point of view, it's, as I said, second day recovery, you're not even 48 hours after the game, so yeah. there's not really a lot of stuff you can do there, so it, the rest and the preparation is key, you know, and then obviously travelling up on the Sunday, you're up there in the hotel, yeah. The long hike, isn't it? Yeah, relaxed and you have the, the room for the, the first part of the day. You're not travelling up at one o'clock, yeah. two o'clock, you know. I think especially as I said, they're coming off the game on the Friday. It was a yeah, it was a great idea and I think approved obviously we started really well and we yeah. looked sharp for a lot of the game, like you know. People watching at home on the stream got a bit of a surprise gear, a spider walking across box the, to the box the midfielder. It was covering the whole half and the lads <laughs> could see it on the stream. Now, that would have creeped me out big time. <laughs> And um, so you were happy enough with how we played, Joey, anyway, and some good football, all accounts. Yeah, the fans seemed happy. They said we'd play some nice stuff. Yeah, and we'd finna. We, we spoke about the goals, and uh, Finn was many people's man of the match. So how good was Finna? Yeah, really good, yeah. And he played, obviously... Uh, he has to be one of the fittest lads, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, when he, he uh, presses, there's not many teams ah, that can yeah. handle us. And listen, it's... I think that will go on when you do the... When you get on to the... Um, when we're doing fitness testing... You know, it doesn't lie like what you look at on the Does pitch, he, yeah. what happens on the is what what the stats will say. Like you know, he's a super fit um, player. Him and Aaron is a you know one super fit. Super yeah, there be two boys lead the pack. Yeah, I think Aaron's one of the fittest players I've seen. Like especially in the in matches, but on the running stuff, um, drills and stuff like that. Even the balls game when we were nine men, you know, the shift that he put in that day was outrageous. He must have. He must have fell in the bed that night because he was unbelievable. He was just chasing and chasing. Yeah, it's, a, listen, it's an unbelievable thing how important it is in modern day football. You know, funny enough, me and Finn are talking about Finna there. We do the we help out in the fourteens with the club. Yeah, and we are just talking about it last night in the dressing room to the boys. You know, and Finna made a point that how important it is now in modern football. Yeah, fitness levels yeah. and speed and explosiveness and how you're getting around the pitches. Massive, yeah. no, way gotta, more you've got to be fit, don't you? It's that extra edge, way more than what it used to be. And then we had uh, we spoke about the, the goals, perhaps. So we'll move on. Well, there was that. a bit of confusion actually over the first goal. I think some people said thought it was green who scored, some people said Daniel. And after Carr. looking at it, I don't know how where the confusion came from. Was, nah. the, the excuse was that the sun was in their eyes, but uh, redemption for, for Watts with the penalty because you remember he missed one earlier in the season and uh. Someone asked me this stat. When was the last time we were 2 0 up at half time away from home? And it actually, it was a long time ago. It was the last time we beat Bowles in May 2017. 4-0? Was the 4 0 or was the 2 1? 2 0. That was Brando and Trev. Trev got the lefty. Yeah, Trev's got The top corner. And then we uh, we the poachers ever from Green 3 0. And the free kick was knocked onto him at the back post and he buried it. So, uh, all in all, fantastic night's work. Three points. Six. Yeah, see, going back to that, when you were talking about Finna there, I was like, went off subject for really his fitness, but <laughs> as I said, he was playing out right and then he scored one and set up one, you know, and that, for me, is, uh, that's all that matters, really. Yeah. You know? The rest is like, his work rate and stuff like that, and know that contributing factors towards his performance, but, I mean, you get one and you set up one, you can't really, uh, well, he set up the, the penalty, I suppose, that led to the penalty, but, how much, how much do you guys appreciate the all-round game of, of Greener? Because you might not get the plaudits of, say, a, a Holman who's going to get 30 goals a season, but you bring so much to the team, and you guys obviously see that. Yeah, 
definitely. Listen, I think he's played really well this season, you know. And uh, if you had had uh, maybe a couple more goals on his stats, you'd be saying, Jesus, he's been one of the best players in the league, sort of thing, you know. And that's that's with his, with what he brings to their team, how we play, how we like to play, I suppose, and the type of players that we have sometimes um, that we play in the midfield, that he gives you that that physical um, sort of contribution that maybe higher up the pitch that you need, you know, yeah, that you can yeah. take it off. Brings other players into runs, the game, like. Makes, there's a lot of walk down the channels, running down the channels, stretching teams to creating them space down for a ball <coughs> playing midfielders to get on it and create the space for them, you know, and um, I thought you were like, yeah, yeah, very, very good, you know, like again, led to balls in behind, the one the, from the penalty, makes a run down the side, then off the shoulder of the centre half, if you plays in, leads to a penalty, you get that second goal, 2 0. No one's mentioned Greener's run. Do you know what's yeah. meant? I mean, mentioning Finner's pass for the goal. You're thinking about Dylan's scored in the fourth one. Finner scored, oh, sorry, Dylan scored in the penalty. Finner scored in the fourth one. But it's 2 0. You know, and as you said, that comes The unseen contribution. But maybe Gary was a good thing that uh, the score said a tree because apparently Barney was removing an item of clothing yeah. for every goal we scored. For every goal. Are you aware of a fan called Barney? Barney is. Lee Barnwell. Lee Barnwell, one of the most interesting people you ever come across. We can't even, words can't do it justice. He might experience it at the end of the season if we get a bit of silverware. Well, so. when we played Donegal uh, two months ago, uh, he went into the Finn Harris press box, Joey. And there was two problems with this. A couple of cans in hand. The first problem was that he didn't possess the necessary media credentials yeah. to be in the press box. Probably the second problem was he was very inebriated at the time. <laughs> Very so it resulted in him being politely escorted yeah. out of the press box and back into the, the stand. Ah, he's some boy old Barney's one, the, and he's been a uh, he's been on he's been in Johnny Blue. See, what we normally do is we'd have an end of season special and start of season special, and we have a three tier stand like you could see on Soccer AM, and we fill it full of fans. I'm responsible with a Penny Hill off license, so they give us a lot of drink, and we just lock the doors <laughs> and then see what happens and, record. and, and record it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's there. Uh, there's been a couple of people passed out. Does, I think the last one my dad got rid of the cans and he counted them I think it was 170 cans that went down the hatch and, and the good to 12 people so they've been good sessions and um, yeah so we heard you had a bit of magical skill on the wing last night that led to Aaron Gray missing a great chance so you were momentarily possessed by Messi but we shouldn't really be surprised considering his striking credentials as a schoolboy so you're, you like a bit of skill on the wing do <laughs> nah, you? No I don't know I think it's a uh... I don't think that was uh, more of me. It was more just... I was just playing in the jacket thing and then letting Jack on the hard walk the pass, you know? So, uh, I say, yeah, listen, I made a career out of that. Knowing <laughs> your role and knowing your limitations. Give it to the players <laughs> that can play. I was always told, you know, we, uh, Paul Sturrock was the manager at Sheffield Wednesday. That was his show. Give it to the players that can play. You know, yeah. I took that on board. <laughs> I think Bulger said something similar. He's like, right, I'm here to give it to Jack. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so he says. Side note, actually, about Paul Sturrock. Remember we mentioned Joey's loan spell at Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah. He made such an impression there, age 19. Sturrock made him captain in his last game as a thank you. No way, so he's a good man, yeah? Yeah, again, not like uh, great times at Sheffield Wednesday. You know, look back on, as you said, four goals scored. Glenn Whelan obviously was playing, me and Glenn were uh, playing centre mid together. And the goal came with Glenn's cross, up out the cross part, and we'd headed in, you know. so. And then obviously you have a friendship with Glenn still that's yeah. started from a long time ago and then obviously our Sheffield went as you said then captain them against uh, captain them against Brentford 
in my last game, so it was uh, 19 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So uh, that's 18 games played now, Prof, at the moment, halfway through the season. Joint top of the table, Dundalk, 40 points, a couple of more goals scored than us. And uh, some other results will be Friday. We patched one all with balls. We cork losing 2 0 at the cross. Finn Harps getting 3 2 win up there. Uh, Shawnee Boy getting the winner. Nice finish. And um, Saturday I finished Sligo nil, dirty nil. So Shawnee Boy, uh, have you talked to him? Does he still yeah. still train? Yeah. Yeah. How's yeah, he getting on? Is he enjoying it? Yeah, he's enjoying it, yeah. And obviously he's getting game time. It's exactly what he is, now, so it? Hopefully he can get a few more goals there and get his confidence going, you know. And uh, listen, Sean has ability and attributes that not a lot of players in this league possess, you know. And um, as a young player, hopefully he can grasp it, you know, and mm. grasp the net and put in the hard work that um, that you need to be to be a professional footballer, you know, and get a career at this level. And hopefully, um, that's what he does. He has he has an opportunity at Shamrock Rovers being at the biggest club. And he uh, he seems to be rated because he's here well. Um, yeah. Like it's it, this is a big chance now to grab with both hands and press while on loan and then come back and try and make a charge for the fourth team, isn't it? You said it. He obviously had injuries last year, you know, but obviously going out this year, it was I suppose from a club point of view, was, that's what they were looking at. They gave him regular game time that he might he may not got from the start here mm. and uh, get a few goals and get his confidence up, you know. But as you said, he has an opportunity at the biggest club in Ireland, so hopefully he grasps it. I like the way you said that. Thanks, club in Ireland. Uh, so Monday more results we penalty FC 2 balls <laughs> 1 uh, Greener has more goals from open play than Hooban doesn't he 6 of his 10 goals are penalties yeah it's 10 penalties uh, Hoban scored 7 and missed 2 and Shields has missed 1 <sighs> 10 penalties 2 late ones against so um, did yeah. you see the one last week I think it was Friday he was taking a penalty and he started celebrating before oh, it went in. I hit the post. He went away, fist bumping, <laughs> and hit the post. Yeah, the outside of the post. Have you ever seen anything like it? Celebrating before he is, qu- goes he is in. quite uh, arrogant, isn't he? He comes off as that type of player. Um, so with UCD nil and Cork won, they beat them in the ball. And Tuesday, Patsby Derry won nil. So last night they uh, they finally got a bit of form and, and beat Derry. Uh, I think Toner got the goal from a set piece, mm. and apparently the, the young lad junior of Derry. Missed half full of chances, so um, yeah, so we're nine points ahead of balls. They've only got one point in the last four games, so a bit of a breakaway happening there with the top two, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, we spoke about those last two games and the two away games that were potential trip ups, and we did. We've, we've backed six points from the two bottom teams, and they're the ones you need to be winning. And um, so nine points ahead of balls, bro. Yeah, so the away game with Waterford. Waterford, yeah. Um, May 31st, more than likely going to be called off now because they've two players in the 21s for the two-long tournament. They've Aaron Ryan and, and they've El Buzetti. Now, we're mm. on the bus, so we're hoping it goes ahead. Um, we've got uh, it's a good few on it, so I'm, I'm guessing he's going to call it off. His top goal scorer is midfielder. Mm. are picked and won't be available. I can't see him going ahead with it. Brando and Trevor Clarick not in the squad. Yeah. Mm. It's only, I was just thinking though, yeah. that Waterford, but if they call that off, you call off, they'll have to be calling off all their games, will they? Over that period of time, like, I think so because they'll be gone for the good to two weeks. Yeah. So they so won't have a home game for what was the what was it like four weeks if they do call it off. So yeah. it's I don't know. It's up to them. They're gonna have to sit down and discuss it. I mean, we made a great decision to play up in Finn Harps at the start of the season when we did have players called up and it, it was it benefited us. So it's up to them. Really. Yeah, that's what you listen. You don't know. I suppose as well as you get the home games, Shamrock Rovers at home. Maybe it's a TV game. Is it? it is a TV game. Yeah. Whether they have yeah. a 
I think the first game of the season down there was a sellout, was it a sellout? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. again, that, but you got to look at a club like that, I don't know what the finances are. That's exactly again. what I was thinking, they know. might have to go ahead with that and say, listen, we need a home game. We need the gate. Yeah, yeah, definitely the away section on that home game, so they might need the, the few quid, you know. So now uh, Trevor Clarke are brand under-21s, under no. and Jack Byrne was withdrawn from the Ireland camp for Portugal. And uh, happy, was, I'm happy enough with that. I mean, it's it's not. I think Mick McCarthy. Obviously, we don't know the guy, but he seems like a reasonable man. I reckon it's not going to affect him in the future, and I hope it wouldn't. But I think Mick Mick's been a club manager. I think he'll understand that we need our strongest teams in the coming weeks to play these games, and I don't think he'd hold it against Jack for not going to a not a meaningless training camp. You've been to some of these training camps, and they do mean something, but they're they're not important as regards to results, and. I mean, it's just about integrating into the Ireland squad and getting him in there, but I think he'll have another chance because they do rate him at that level. So I don't think he's going to miss too much. And he seemed okay with with, with missing it anyway. So uh, it's good to have him in the squad for the next couple of games. Uh, Joey, you've had terrible luck with injuries in your career. 2009, 2010, you suffered a knee injury that required an operation for the second time in 12 months that we spoke about already. And um, some people like had, I think you mentioned earlier, some people just had written you off at this stage. A doctor told you to retire. And you kind of became the forgotten man of Bolton. So, mm. what was that time like? Yeah, listen, it was uh, mental strength. Yeah, a huge yeah, thing. Difficult yeah, difficult time. Obviously, I, I sort of, as I said, the, the couple of years before the, the left knee, I had two operations on my right knee. So, at that stage, I was uh, younger, obviously. And then, yeah, you're thinking, geez, yeah, like, you know, I'll get back from this. Like, you had time in your contract and stuff like this. And look, like, I suppose, I'm not saying luckily, but I had made an impact at first team level. If you know what I mean, from a young age, so I was I played in the Premier League. So you were still that prospect, you could say, yeah. Yeah, like I played international football, not really that, but just maybe that the club then, like they see me go through the operation. So even though you, you've missed a period of time, there's the yes, you've still sort of said they're still able to say, yeah, no, fuck me, played blah 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 blah, you know. So whereas if you are a younger player, if we hadn't had them experiences, you yeah, could totally get you, yeah. gone, you know. Like Roy well, then obviously I was able yeah. to come back, play again. So I was able to come back and sort of prove, yeah, he's back, he's, he's still able to play. Then my left knee went on me, you know, and I had to have, that was a, that period of time, listen, that I went, as I said, two and a half years without playing a competitive game. It was Jesus. a horrible time, you know, and then obviously that period of time that was slightly different, whereas it goes past that time, 18 months, I suppose, you know, it's like, this fella, will I get back to like, you know, like from an outside thing. I, um, I always believed that I, was, I would get back, you know, and, um, Listen, it was, you look back on it now and you, you, you say it, oh, I missed two and a half years, it just sort of rolls out the tongue. Like, yeah. you, the pain, obviously, during that period of time and then going to see doctors and getting injections and having scans and doing rehab and having surgeries. And it's a really slow period of time, you know, and then after the surgery, you're doing nothing, you're on crutches, you're, your body forgets completely how it is as being a footballer, you know. And, um, you sort of have to gradually step by step by step. And then you have As to regards to training, you couldn't do anything running football. No, yeah, what do you do? Was all upper body? So I had an operation. Then I would, then I would go on to a machine like a CPM machine, basically a movement machine for your knee, just to get the angle back on. It's really slow, sort of torturous, sort of thing. You know, when you're sitting on this. And it would move your, your leg yeah. fairly. Yeah, and then yeah, then you just you see little things. You get back a walk, and then you start getting back into the pool. You start getting jogging, blah blah blah. And I was able to get to a stage where you're thinking, yeah, man, I need to come back, and then bang, you'd have a setback and the setback. Really? Down, yeah, you'd yeah. have a breakdown yeah. again. Jesus. And then that led to the three operations really over that period of time. And then um, yeah, and then obviously people are thinking, ah, he's finished, he's toast. 
But I went and I had surgery with a guy in uh, London, Andy Williams. Um, and I'll never forget going in. And so he was with the club doctor at the time. And I had said to him, listen, I need to go somewhere here for a rehab after this. Like, I can't deal with the club anymore. I've done too long at the rehab, at the club for one reason or another. Change the scenery. I need like. to go somewhere else. And I'd been recommended a book um, to read. And that's one of my, uh, what should I say, hobbies. Would it be a hobby? Reading books? Of course. Yeah. So great, I love reading hobby. books. And um, this book was recommended to me. And this fella's name was mentioned as a rehab point of view. And it was Bill Knowles. His name was Bill Knowles. He was based over in Vermont. And this was in my head. Went in to meet Andy for the surgery. Just talked about briefly what the surgery was going to be. How I would go about it. And to do it. And then I said to him, what about rehab? Because obviously this fella would work a lot with sports players. And he was like, yeah, listen, there's a fella for me rugby players. I recommend a guy in Toulouse or Toulon or something. He says, or he says, there's a fella for the field over in Fairmont. <laughs> and you can read the bill? And I was like, bang. Take that to sign. And then, so I went over to Bill and uh, spent a lot of time over there with Bill. And he done, he basically put my problem together and rehabbed it. So when you say you went up. over, right, talk us through as regards to, you went over, you like you packed up yeah, and, so and I, lived there. Yeah, so I, um, so obviously to get there and organise and it's obviously fair, you know, and uh the club, the club again, Bolton at the time, fantastic, you know, and we're able to um, put it together for me, pay, obviously, to cost the expense. Now, at this stage, I would have paid. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't, it was like, listen, either you was paying or I'm paying, you know, I'm going, like, it was, it was on, like, so you went over, and he basically had a clinic over there, a gym, facilities, whatnot, and basically, at this stage, my body was broken down completely so it was more and one of the first times he said yeah listen to me we focus on him we had to focus on the whole body what the year words. was this now sorry looking at 2000 and maybe 10 I suppose right. would have yeah. been now at this stage because I told I had the first operation I didn't go to Andy that one didn't really work so this was the second operation and I went rehab with this fella and he just was just phenomenal you know just People he'd walked with, so his CV was outstanding. And he'd, uh, like, for instance, this guy rehabbed uh, Duntoyga Woods' cruise ship and stuff like this. This is how big this guy's reputation was now, and Alex Rodriguez and the baseball. And yeah, stuff like this. yeah. This, this fella had all this. So, again, you're going in, you're just, how he comes across, his, his uh, motivation, his demeanor towards you, his character was just, you know, inspiring sort of thing. Mm. And then his, his walk and the stuff he'd have you put, and put your body through was just. Great, so we'd be over there for three weeks, walking on constantly. Then you'd head off. He'd take, he'd be taking stuff in the way he walked. Was he'd take clips of you in the gym, even himself doing gym work. He'd go back to Bolton. He'd give you the program. Then the program would slightly change. He'd be sending over the video clips of stuff of the exercises they're doing. And by this stage, I'd become like a gym, like not a gym buff, like as in big or not like that, but just on everything so as soon as what you'd say I'd be able to take it on board yeah, yeah. certain types of words you'd use I'd know what it meant so then boy through the video clips I'd be able to bring it in into the to the gym I was taking video sending it back to him he'd be correcting them through the video and then over that period of time then a couple of months later go back over to him so now you'd be further down the field you might be at that running stage or to start the run stuff like this he'd want to do that with you so you'd be back over there so it was stuff like that you know so you just you credit him big time with your club yeah without a doubt you know him and I uh, had a lot of reason him. Obviously, Andy Andy Williams had done the surgery. It's like 
it's kind of stressful. Family were always there, and going back to what I said about bound, going to mass, always having faith. Yeah. You know, massive religious part, man. Yeah, massive part of my life. I think I've seen the beads on the neck yeah. there. You know? Massive part of my life now, and always will be. Past football, before football, um, and was always there. You know, so through all that time, always, always felt that I had that comfort there of my beliefs. You know, and that I was gonna walk out one way or another. And if it didn't walk out, I'd always have God with me. You know, that's yeah. how we are. And uh, you suffered a hamstring injury. We're bringing back all memories for you here. Bringing the injuries in the FA Cup win over Liverpool 2016 in February. And it's the last game you played yeah. until Rovers away to Cork in March 2018. So, so talk about everything. Years again, wasn't it? Talk wow. about everything between then. So like, I don't think it ended amicably again uh, with West Ham. So yeah. So West Ham and then the Gaffer journey was, was, then went, was Rovers. Got into West I suppose I was just continuing on from the knee then got back got into West Ham and had great times at West Ham from the championship playing in games getting up getting in back into the Premier League um, just looking back on that dressing room as well just great lads you know yeah. you're just playing with blokes that you just had so much in common with and just so down to earth and out going out, outside of football with them and getting to know that that like going out as couples with all the girls yeah, and then yeah. even ourselves and nights out and stuff like that just brilliant you know just brilliant times and sort of felt played onto onto the pitch you know and always been one of these believers and stuff like that you know what the dressing room was like and the players you have and the interaction you have with players on and off the pitch can lead to something special on the pitch you yeah. know and um, yeah had some great times there Sam left obviously Slavin came in then last year towards Sam became more of a squad player and probably changed the way we played and different personnel coming in and um, we're still there so we was running into the last year in my contract he left Sam obviously Slavin came in and I was sort of listening I need to go now and continue on my career you know somewhere else um, but he was sort of he came in early because we had a early early rounds of the Europa League qualifiers again West Ham qualified <laughs> so basically it was we started maybe three four weeks at the end of the season and um, and yeah we started back so I was there he had came in but he hadn't really taken the job well he had taken the job but he wasn't there for the start of the build up into the first Europa League game it was left to the academy director but he was obviously going to be there so again I think I've stated this before I feel pre-season for players is massive you know and you you can put so much money in the bank that you spend then throughout the season you know with uh, with your strength and stuff like this and the endurance that you're putting so again I, and I'd always go into pre-season in good shape after doing loads of work on my own in the off-season you know so this was um, an opportunity for me I felt to impress the new manager because I knew he was going to be at the game so we went and played a couple of teams in uh, the early rounds of the qualifiers and I played and played well and from speaking to him he was like listen I want to keep you here right. you know and uh, I was like listen I need he was like listen just play play some games um, I'll give you a new deal <clears throat> now obviously it didn't work out with that I wasn't playing other lads came in the team was flying he made a couple of great signs Dimitri Poyet came in Manuel Lanzini came in brought the team to another level and the team was flying I wasn't in the plans it happens I had no fear, no problem with this wasn't in wasn't in the team came to around the January transfer window and obviously was looking to leave and was in and out but even on the bench wasn't on the bench much was on the bench sometimes not getting on and we went up to Liverpool away and I was on the bench now it was a toss up between me and probably 
the Dana lady, you know, who was <laughs> So I got the nod, and then she could left foot. Yeah, she was decent. <laughs> and uh, so, and it's really funny how it works. Uh, the, James Tompkins got a head injury, had to come off, couldn't get the stitches in, or what, one of these jazz. Oh, you went on after 15 minutes, probably had a good game. It was near the end of the transfer when the maybe the 30th of January or something like this the game was and then phone rang um, next morning the last day of the transfer when the Sam was back on the job or something and came to me rescue again well I was hoping he was and Grant spoke to me agent the chairman had agreed at, uh, at West Ham he had no problem he was like yes yeah, we you could have been in that documentary yeah I'd done a good service <laughs> for us go on and play just cleared with the manager went to see the manager he went nah you're not going. What? And I was like, listen man, when you met here at the end of the season, you haven't given me a kick. I only played the other night, but look, now something's to fall into my lap, you, I've got to be out here. And he was like, you're not going anywhere. So, dragged on for a few hours, went back into his office after training. I was like, listen, well, yeah, you're killing me, yeah. you're not going to play me. Either give me a new deal, or let me go. The chairman's sweet with it. And he was like, nah, I can't. He just left I can't give you a new deal. So yeah, so he was like, listen, then he started talking like, oh, listen, I'll uh, just be good around the place, even if you don't play, I'll sort you out at the end of the season, all this sort of jazz, you know, but basically I couldn't get out, and I couldn't force me force the hand really to get out. So the season developed, usual, didn't play, wasn't involved in it, so come the end of the season, I thought, I'm, I'm out here, like, you know, kind of the last day of the season, he said, oh, listen, I should have let you go, but, but, <laughs> but I'll sort you out with a new deal. It's gonna be different on different terms, obviously with the with the contract you're on. Should have let you go. And I was like, right, Grant, thinking that I was gonna get an offer off them. And about two weeks later, then I uh, basically agent rang me and said, "Listen, he's there's nothing happening." That is bad for him, isn't it? And I was like, "You're serious?" And he was like, "Yeah." I just tried to call him, couldn't get hold of him really. And then it just time moves on, and then that's it. That's how that it was it. it. That's how it. Oh my that's god, that was bad on. for him, wasn't it? Yeah, that's poor. Um. So, uh, yeah. Going to Rovers then, I suppose. How did all that come about? Yeah, well, then obviously I left West Ham and again, injury struck. Got a bad injury in the boat. Now, at this stage, the difference was, as I said to you earlier on, luckily again, that word again, but luckily when I had all these bad injuries, I was always contracted to a football club, which is a massive help regarding yeah. everything. <laughs> it's like, you know, you have your physios, doctor's appointments, you're going to places, rehab. All organised for you, is it? You know, you're up? in that environment, and then even when you're building back up, you can get back outside, you can get introduced to the under-23s or the reserve team, edge your way back into the force team training and stuff like this. Whereas by this stage now, I got injured again. I hadn't got a club, hadn't got that environment. And then you do desperate things. Were you, you doing know? a bit on your own when you got yeah. injured, was it? Yeah, and you do desperate things, you know. And uh, looking back on it now, I suppose I've done some, even this way when I was out, done some bad things, you know. Paid mad money for gripping the bat too tight, as they say, you know. And, Wanted it so desperate to get get myself fit. Probably walked too hard, um, done too much, um, outside of getting into a club. I couldn't get rid of this calf injury that I had. Went to all sorts of places, um, rehabbing, um, fitness coach, walking with a guy up in Manchester, and just couldn't get over it. And just time just drift boy, drift boy, drift boy. And got to a stage where it was like last resort stuff around June, July. So this will be out a year now. And went over to Vancouver to a guy. Um, 
recommended to me by a friend, a good friend of mine, Andy O'Brien. He actually worked with this fella when Andy was playing the MLS for Vancouver Whitecaps. This guy called Rick Celebrini. And again, it was, it was six months too late. And I was a fantastic fella. And the operation he had over there and people were walking under him. Incredible. And, uh, and this was to fix the calf. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, uh, and I spent eight weeks over there in Vancouver. And again, with this day, as I said to you earlier on, you've been out of the game for so long, your body fades, it dies on you, you know, in, in a sense, as, as being an elite a, yeah, yeah. athlete, like, and you're putting everything back together then, but that's the age, and building it up. But as I said, it was uh, probably six, seven, six, seven months too late. If I had went to America now, I think I would have mm. got back and got back into a club earlier. Then I started traveling on, and then that was it, really, you know, I had my wife, couldn't get back in, really, and there was the office that were there, didn't didn't they want for me? You know, really, to be honest. And you were training with Bolton at one stage, weren't you? Yeah, I, I still have a house up there, you know. Uh, and so we're back up there for a period of time. And a friend of mine is a fitness coach at Bolton, and uh, great fella. And it was just literally from yeah, over the wall. Yeah, you know, went in and doing some running stuff and whatnot. But the offers, as I said, they weren't there. And um, that that done that for me. And I wasn't going up and down the country playing League One, League Two football, you know, and. Uh, it wasn't. So go back home, play the hoops. So then, wife had, wife had uh, babies, and I thought, yeah, I want to keep going here. And this opportunity um, <clears throat> came up. Obviously, you sort of. Did you know anyone from the team, or was it just an opportunist thing? No, yeah, I was saying, uh, uh, cousin of mine, uh, Al McCready, is a. Uh, Al, big, oh, we were yeah. on the bus with Al to. Where are we on the wax bus? Oh, the Cork one? Yeah, the Cork one. Yeah, we were on my alley. That's a good lad. Yeah, big Rovers fan, obviously. You know, and just through speaking to Al, um, I said, a cousin of mine used to come out and loves football, comes to the games over in England and whatnot, and just speaking how you get on and whatnot. And I was just like, he just dropped it in. Like, I was saying, I think I'm going to milk back home with the, with the wife and the kids, you know. He was like, hey, I used to play with Rovers. I was like, yeah. And he was like, hey, see you? I was like, yeah. Like, yeah did, did you get an agent's fee? And, so I think I sort of just sort of came there. It was sort of like from him. I think you know John Roach. Yeah. And I think John sort of passed on me. Know what the? Um, I started knowing Steve McFell from playing against yeah, him. Obviously yeah. stuff like this and then. Were you in a squad with him? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, probably look back on stuff yeah, like that. And then obviously the manager, I obviously um, known not well like as you but again as I said, they have gone back to Lords. He played on my brother's team. A couple yeah, of years yeah. older than, than me at Lords. So would have sort of brothers at the time was obviously. Going to uh, obviously top top school by football, like you know, brilliant football, you know. So he was going through sort of things. So I, I, a couple of years younger than me, I, I wanted to be that sort of next player going back and forth sort of thing. So and then I just started developing there, and I was like, oh, I just want to come in and sort of came in. The rest, then, I suppose, is history. And the body's holding up well now at the moment, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, been good, yeah, and uh, as I said to you, Mr. Large, what the hell was it? A couple of years, was it? Uh, from <laughs> from what I'm looking at, is now from um, two from from the injury uh, at Liverpool, Liverpool to yeah. twenty three months. Yeah, so yeah, so again, it's um, as I said to you, you come back in, you need that training, you miss that day to day, that day to day training, um, and then being able to play a game and go day to day training, just week after week after week. When you miss that period of time, for me, it's the biggest thing, you know. I mean, back in the hometown, does that help as well? Yeah, of course, yeah, and then obviously. I probably have more family and friends, and probably hard, probably like use more tickets now than I did when I was in England. Yeah, you know? you used to be going up to probably places in England. You might only 
you know, you need tickets now, 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 whereas yeah, yeah. now it's everyone's everyone's great, you know, it's great, great way to me to uh, to end my career, as well as playing in Dublin, and you know, and now you have, as I said, brothers, cousins, family, friends, loads yeah, of people come to the game, so they have to see me play, which probably some of them had never probably seen me play live, if you know what I mean, you know. It was a great quote from Brasler early on last season about you in training. He said, you have the cigar out in training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Does yeah. it come that easy to you? Yeah. I don't know anybody that was coming too easy to me or I was doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, listen, it's... Uh, ah, you've noticed, look at the level though. The, the levels that you've been at as regards to st- like it's in training ground procedures and that... like you you'd be versed in it now at this stage so I said there's not much you can they can tell you in that sense no no listen so I've, I've said to the lads up there now obviously I'm at a different stage in my career but I suppose I was just there the other day for instance we were doing a bit of unit work with the defenders you have a young James Hornong in there Alex Dunn there with us and you know stuff like that you think you're getting that you hear these little snippets that they're getting on board you know off the coaches and all that and I'm taking on board as well because you, I don't think you can ever uh, you're never, you're never seen enough or too old enough to, to take stuff on board and to, to yeah. learn, you know. As you said, you're still, you're still taking information, you know, still getting coached. And uh, how much are you enjoying your time here and do you, do you really want to win something with the team? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, it's great. It's been great, I suppose, coming back in, getting back into that for one at that period of time. Spent half my life probably in the dressing rooms, you know, sort of thing in that environment, which is great. And I've missed that, you know, and then come back into it getting to know new lads and building up friendships with stuff like that on and off the pitch and then going into playing for a club like this and listen realised it was the biggest club when I was a fan and not living here but then when you are here and you're playing against teams and you see the facilities that we have like from a training ground point of view to the stadium to um other clubs when you travel to the clubs what their attendance becomes because you're playing Rovers to how much of that teams want to beat Rovers do you know you've found that mentality already you're you're in the club not long have you found that already that people up that game I have definitely Rovers yeah. yeah and it's only natural because a lot of people from the outside as players for other teams will see that environment that Shamrock Rovers have and I'm not saying from um, a fan's point of view me saying oh Jay's we're the biggest club in the world it's more from uh, the setup of the stadium. I mean, you're coming up to the stadium and playing. You see the stadium, they're, yeah. you're playing in. Obviously, now the training ground is getting more attention and what we have is a training ground facility to obviously, financially, it's a secure football club and they're able to pay. So, stuff like that, you, a lot of players would, would love to be yeah. here, you know? And then we're in that position as players. And again, going back to the manager and the coaching staff and me as players say to the boys don't fucking take it for granted Yeah, you're at the biggest club in Ireland but don't take it for granted because yeah. everyone else well the majority of everyone else wants to be here you know exactly yeah it's, it, it really agree with you when I was talking at the start of this season I think the thing you were stressing was uh, consistency but also starting well because the previous years we didn't start mm-hmm. well and you even pinpointed to the first eight games you said even at that point you have to start well and you know where you are yeah. at the table. So if you look at how well we did start, eight wins in a row and everything. So I guess what was what was the main reason for it, do you think? Well, again, what you always, what I, I alluded to there with yourself, but also that, that came from above, from the management. Um, 
and the coaching staff obviously and the rest of the players you know and then it was uh, we started early we got back in it was just in the gym and we were in the gym from December onwards up with Darren putting in the hard yards like you know that and we felt as a club how many other teams are doing this you know how many other players are doing this and it was it wasn't just like I had gone to the gym myself which a lot of players probably do we were in um, in team environment as a group putting in the hard shift with Darren in the gym you know and outside as well doesn't fuck around does he no great uh, really really good um, and then that led on to start of pre-season fitness levels I thought were really good then led into um, a good pre-season um, but and I mean a good pre-season as in not results I mean it doesn't really matter but yeah. from what we are doing on the training pitch the blocks of training we are doing the game time lads were getting there was a lot of games played and a lot of games were, a lot of lads were out to get long period of games whereas if you only had a I think a lot of the games we are playing we played uh, maybe two games every day or every weekend which made for the whole squad we're nearly able to get that, that minutes you know we're able to get 70 minutes the, the half yeah we remember that 75 then able to get 90 minutes whereas sometimes you might only get one 90 minutes out you're not going to a pre-season we were able to get a couple everyone in the whole squad which then led right everyone's ready here to play that game kicked on I think whatever team started you saw you seen that against Warwick we went right to the death yeah. um, and we finished strong and against the early part of this team it's went, the fittest Rovers team we've seen yeah probably ever and I think you could see that you know in, in the games we were playing we were, f- we were finishing games really strong oh, and even back to the Bowles game we, went, we got sent off the 10 men over in daily went again the last 10-15 we were, we, were, we were looking strong like you know mm. that's how it kicked on but since there's all that things happening in football then it sort of results change you know then we have the balls course <laughs> uh, does it mean as much to the players as it does to the fans to two years now since we've won ah yeah, yeah. listen definitely you know, it's it's ah. we're, we're course in this fixture red cards bad decisions there's just something it's the hoodoo over us for the last last two years and it has, to, it has to come to an end eventually I mean we've no luck at all when it comes to referees when it comes to anything in general and you can say that that's an excuse but it's the truth that's just how it was we, we can't get a decent 90 minutes 11 v 11 against Bowes Lady and that's just all we want because I know we played them all the park that's how I feel but um, you certainly proved that they was wrong but could you understand the scepticism from some fans initially because the other Ireland Nationals that we signed virtually retired straight after the lights of Duffer Fatty uh, McPhail was good for a couple of seasons but could you understand that people were kind of doubting you coming in? Oh, well, Some people thought looking at it as a retirement home, you know? Yeah, maybe. Listen, I suppose going to the games over the summer, they probably might have seen players, I think, and jeez, do you know? They're uh, some, some of the lads are there and they're like, well, what, what's, <laughs> what's the point of what are you doing there and whatnot, you know? I don't know. Uh, it's all to do, I suppose. Like, and the older you get, and so saying, lads there you mentioned, I suppose your body's your body gets harder when you get older, you know? Your body, mm-hmm. you have a long period of time of playing it's difficult then to keep your body in shape and then you might just say you know like okay. I suppose yeah that's and that's what happens it's the body that's going to make you call it I suppose you, you want to go on forever but it doesn't happen but from my point of view like I was uh, I don't know the lads individually they might have different reasons but I had um, a point to prove to myself you know, and it wasn't about... Seems to be the case. That seems to be a returning factor in your whole career. You just yeah, constantly want to yeah, prove yourself. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, as you come back from them injuries, them injuries, setbacks and stuff like that, it's always about, right, 
as you said, you know, you hear the whispers, you know, when you hear people saying, geez, he's finished. And in England, he's finished. And never play. went to West Ham and never played in the Premier League. And I was just thinking, we're getting back to the Premier League. And then I was like, right, we're going. I remember what Sam, we played card at the first game of the season. We were going around the dressing room. And he, at this stage, obviously, that Sam had seen what had come through and whatnot. He was saying, Jay's great to be back. And I said, nah, man, we should not back until this time next year when in the Prem. <laughs> you know, that was it. We were just seeing going to the Championship to play a game. It was just a step I had to do to get back into the Premier League to play. Yeah. And that was, uh, and for me, coming into Shamrock Rovers, it was more a point that we had there. I just couldn't leave it with being the last game ever playing was against Liverpool coming off injured. <laughs> you know, and that was, uh, and then obviously, as I said to you then, outside the club, all the stuff you have to do to get back going to Vancouver for eight weeks. To go above and beyond you are really, in fairness. Ah, well, listen, that's that's the drive you have, you know, and I think when you have something as long as I had and you want to keep going, you you, you do want to make sure you can keep going. And I, um, then obviously that opportunity wasn't there and I thought, nah man, I'm not I'm not, not knocking on the head now and going out like this, I'm going out with doing something that I wanted to do and what yeah. I wanted to do. I always wanted to come back and play for Shamrock Rovers in the League of Ireland at a stage. Now, obviously, I may have changed what time, if you know what yeah. I mean, to come back and play in all the different circumstances, but it was something I wanted to do and then as you said, to, so they went into last year playing the games and then playing the European games against AOK and stuff like that. You know, it was just great, great memories that I'm going to have when I'm finished will be the same as when I'm talking back of memories of football. They yeah. moments as well. well. I can tell you from speaking to fans that they're probably maybe more so impressed with how hard you work and because of where you've come from. Like you've made a great living in England and then you come home and you're working as hard as, if not harder than anyone in the squad. And it's obviously been recognised now. You've been involved with Player of the Month, so do you appreciate the recognition from the supporters? Listen, you go out, you. On top, yeah. and before you, you go anywhere, on top of the Player of the Month, we had a discussion about Player of the Season so far, and your name mm. is right up there. Ah, jeez, I don't know about that. But no, honestly, going back to what you were saying about the fact, I've always played in a certain way, and then that sort of. that hasn't changed. Do you know from when I played for Lewis Celtic? You know, to go over to England, I had that sort of the same attitude and the same way of driving to want to win a game. If you didn't win the game, fucking bitterly disappointed. It was on your head. Change it as a person. Still now. Still now in training. If it's a bad training session I have or we go and we get beat, you're talking about the Bowers games as a matter more to the players. My missus is probably close to divorcing me with how we am when I go home, especially at the height of it. Bowers, you know? And it's just like she's like... Something I'm coming you know, anyway. <laughs> you know, like... Really, and I'm like, yeah, and she's she sometimes can be still to me, yeah. Like, does not, she ever say it's only a game, Joey? Well, she sometimes <laughs> say to me, she would probably sometimes have a sort of like, like you know, we're back in Ireland here, like it's you're playing there, you were playing over there, like probably doing it. And I'm like, listen, man, I love it, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's like, that's it. It's like, and she's like, oh, yeah, but I'm like, nah, you look a demon, you know, going around the gaff, but that's um, and even more so in that game against Bowles because again, uh, robbed. Listen, what? It's us going into the next game, you know, you're saying there's a matter of marginal players. I think everyone knows, you know, and everyone in the club knows what the the deal is against Bowers, <laughs> the rivalry between the clubs, everything, you know. Going back to that game, tell it like the night it was in on TV, the boats, like the way the talent is done now with the, the other stand, Record the atmosphere, yeah. fantastic, fantastic. Yeah for the League of Ireland to see that you know and to play in that as an atmosphere 
And to be fair to Bowers, with that fans, the amount of fans they had, it creates that atmosphere. Ah, you've you know? got to be so fair to them, yeah, yeah. It's, you need that, you know? You need games like that in, in, in the League of Ireland, you know, to, to keep it going and get the momentum going and get more into it and stuff, you know? And to just going back to Lourdes, while I have it on my mind, one of our listeners and uh, old Lourdes coach, I'm not sure if you remember him, Tommy Fields. Do you remember Tommy Fields? He, he was always talking about you and I think he was in around Brad's age and he was saying you're always set for stardom. And uh, you don't remember him all. <laughs> Sorry about that, Tommy. Tommy's in Ham- Tommy's in Frankfurt. He comes back and forth. So, um, what have we got next? Bro? Have you heard the song that uh, Robert's fans have you? No, you haven't heard it. It's the first time you've had a song. Answer that one. Have you ever? Have you had a I song? I had one where uh, Andy O'Brien. There was one there. That he had a chant in the Newcastle fans, that, and he tried to throw my name into. It used to be an Andy O'Brien, Liam O'Brien chant. So oh went, right, right. Well, Andy this O'Brien, one is—we oh, got thrown into it. The song is—it's an old dance classic. All around the world. All around the world goes ta la la la. It's a—it's a cracker. It's a—it's a great tune, and they just threw your name in. It was born in Derry, wasn't it? At that game, yeah, that was—that was a, I that was a it, mad yeah. trip, yeah. So there was a—it was born on the on the bus to Derry, and uh, we spoke. And so it's not as good a song as Adam McNeil's Ah uh, well, I think we I think well, we worn that out at this stage, haven't we? <laughs> he I think he might have in the training ground as well, <laughs> from what I heard. Um, so we spoke about your family going to Rovers, and uh, have we had an else, Prof? Well, what do they say? I suppose about the match day experience at Rovers. Are, are your family and friends very complimentary about? It? Yeah, as talented as they are. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Do you know, it's a great setup, and like, I mean, going into the stadium, it's. The dressing rooms, both home and away, you know, for like to win as a player, great thing along. The pitch is always in fantastic. Yeah, it's nick, great, Nick, isn't it? You know, it's always in great, Nick, and then you have the the stands, the seat, you know, and even like from the car park point of view, I know it's something stupid, like, but it's you're not too far from the ground. You know, you can park over in the square, you come over. It's yeah, free, it's free. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's little stuff like that for people that you don't. You might take into it sort of things. That is a minor group that people would give out about. For instance, if you brought someone a neutral and he had to park, let's say, I don't know, a five minute walk down the road, he'd be like, this is fucking, this is brutal. Mm. Well, no, we can go to the square, you can get it for free, come over, there's a bar beforehand, there's so much there that uh, it is, It's a, we didn't win the, the match day experience trophy for nothing. So, a um, bit, of, bit of comedy next. The funniest or strangest thing a fan has ever said to you. I heard something got funny said to you in Richmond Park. Is that right? What was that? Something about uh, all, you've all the money in the world but you can't buy a new forehead. Was it, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Did you make that up? No, someone in the past, man. We, obviously, Probably, we were the same yeah. idea. I, I, heard, I know you're having a bit of crack or it's, ah, yeah, for instance, one of the in lads. In fairness, you were man the match that day. One of the lads So the one's been slinging muck left yeah, on the Yeah, one of the lads says me up there now I'm Finn Harris, I was a Rovers fan. <laughs> I was going to get the ball and he says me, I don't know what, I go a bit slower. Which is, I can't go any bleeding. So now we always love having a bit of a bit of crack with the fans, you know. In it's fairness, it was just I think it was the the Pats thing. It was just after you had I don't know how you did it. You you, you tackled the they were true on goal somehow. Do you remember oh, what yeah, I was talking yeah. about? It was at the rifle just near where they all you congregate. Should have been away. They should have been away. You just yeah. managed to tackle, get up, and then come out with the ball, and then just knocking into the middle. We were just there going, oh, fucking, <laughs> it was unbelievable. But um, so uh, yeah, we'll move on quickly. We have Rovers and Ryanair have announced that tickets for Rovers games at Tala will be made available to people plan their trip to Dublin at the ports and flights. So that's a great, great idea, and it's a fiver. So 
Well, it's it's one of those they are no, and let's be honest, you go onto the Ryanair and you book a flight, you've about twenty windows to get through before you actually book on <laughs> to the plane. But it's it's I mean that's gonna be a lot of exposure for uh foreign fans to come in and catch a game and something that I do, I try and do every time I go away, is try and bring catch a game somewhere in the continent. Mm-hmm. So um we talked about your dislocated shoulder, didn't you? Did, you said you got the operation done, is it? No, no, that was the other you're, one. Oh, you're putting this one off. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that was the previous one. I dislocated over in England, playing the game. I was really painful. A friend of mine actually done that for me. Uh, we played Gary Cahill, pushed me. So he uh, cost me a few quid there in the, <laughs> the appearance money. Yeah. But uh, now it was really, that one was really painful and the right one. So, uh, I had to, I had no ch- choice really. It was a real bad sort of dislocation. So I had to had to have the surgery on that one. Um, and and this one, listen, it was one of them time. Like it was just a free thing. Actually, happened to me up in Finn Harps. The four, mm. the one nil. Yeah, Greg's goal. And it was just after Greg. I think it was late. I think in, what eighty whatever. I don't know when Greg's goal. It must have been late doors. And yeah. then obviously it was just after that. It was eighty ninth minute maybe or something like this when I done it. And uh, you knew straight away. Ah oh, yeah, well it was out instead of. So I mean, it didn't go back in. So the pain is obviously there, and we had a. Did you pop it back in. Einstein moment of just staying on the pitch. We had no more subs, and I stayed on as if it was going to be able to help the team with a dislocated shoulder still out. So <laughs> I'm. Oh, he doesn't say there's pictures of me, but there's a picture running around after about 91, 92 minutes. You'll see me basically just <laughs> carrying my arm, you know. And uh, I went back in, went to have the scan. Obviously, there was a. Yeah, they said, listen, you're damaged or whatever. You need. To, Need to have a surgeon, but spoke to the surgeon. He said, "Listen, give her a go." You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so if you if you if you want, you know, you should you should have it and you need it. But I understand where you're playing and what you want to do. And I was like, "Yeah, Grant." And then so that's it. That's how it's been. So obviously now it's just after the first week, I think I missed UCD. How maybe what was the next game? Was it? Yeah, we were we were threatened. We were thinking. I think we played UCD at home after Finn Harps, mm-hmm. and I missed that one. And, uh, played every game since yeah so that was only the first week as I said it was really obviously painful when it happened so we missed that I couldn't play that week but then I was able to get yeah I was able to get um, some rehab in the gym and obviously stuff like that and then obviously played Cork then was the following Friday so that was like two weeks after it happened so I, was, I had a tape on it and stuff like that so I strap her up and uh, it's been okay touch wood and what else we got, Prof? And uh, you're doing your badges at the moment, so you obviously want to stay in football yeah. when you retire. Yeah, so I just finished my way for B. So uh, a few of the lads up at the club, we done that as well. Um, jumped on that. Um, the, so it was probably all in all, maybe a six, seven month thing from start to finish, really. So we've got that. And as I said, me and uh, me and Roland help out with the under-14s up there in the academy. So that's what we sort of go up there and be coached once a week yeah, help out and then obviously go to the matches in the weekend and stuff like that so yeah it's something I really enjoy you know and uh, I'd love to continue that obviously it's, the B is only really starting out so hopefully um, I think in a, if six months time or nine months time hopefully I'll try to get on and get, get the A you know and that's sort of how you do it it's completely different you're seeing it from a different side of things you know how to put on sessions and um coach and get your coach and point across and talking in certain manners and stuff like that so it's uh, yeah it's a different a different experience but one I enjoy and one I enjoy being up there with the kids you know and hopefully can you see uh, yourself getting into a permanent uh, job like in the future yeah well, again it's something that I would love but um, 
in this country it's a limited market you know for yeah. um, for professional coaches like I suppose they ain't living that you know it's difficult and um, but it's definitely something that I want to have an interest in and I enjoy so it's something that I want to continue to see how far it takes me so what sort of wisdom are you passing down to these under 14s could you walk in and say yeah listen it's Big Sam taught me this one no listen <laughs> oh, it's um, I learned this off uh, Lanzini yeah I suppose um, I was just getting a point across to the lads like that even at this age and I suppose see at that football club now that over Shamrock Rovers is something there that was never there when I was growing up you know yeah I got that opportunity whereas we were just sorry to me and Ron we just we truly make the point to the lads that at this football club now you have a manager at the club that will play 16 year old boys like lads at, in games from Gavin to James there against the defending don't talk away do you know so you have, when you have that great. manager at the football club that that wants to play academy players you cannot buy that like you know you can't that opportunity doesn't come around a lot from managers, especially, and even more so at a, at a club from this point. You know, that's great credit to the manager, you know, and, and the coaching staff and what they're building up there to, to play, to play, uh, to play the boys. You know, because um, I'm sure at times when he's played, he's played lads. There's obviously pressure from the outside, and I think, geez, how's this going to go? You know, and whereas he plays that, and me and Ron are trying to make that point to the lads at 14. You're not a million miles away, you know, and it's. A couple of years it's crazy to the say that you know, that's true Armstrong yeah 15. and then like from that point of view then also at the club then they have the education system there with Astro College the, the deal the, the connection that they have there so again you're able to come in which is happening with the boys up there and again like you know you're able to come in you're getting obviously private education but you're, you're training full time as a as a professional footballer with the first team and then you're going and still doing your school and after, after, afterwards in the afternoon it's an unbelievable uh, thing that they have and again from there from that point point of view them 14 year old boys that's what they should be that's what they should be looking at to get you know little want teams scholarship, try yeah. get into the national league set up under 15 then try kick on again and can you get into a full time environment as young an age as possible and finish your school and then obviously can you play for the first time at Shamrock Rovers and uh, but as I said to the boys again just last night you gotta fucking love it you know and everything that's all it is. And they, they, like, the from you saying that, they look at you and all they'd have to do is just Google you and say, look at this fella. Look where he's played. Look what he's doing now. He's back with 14-year-olds in Dublin trying to inspire them to be footballers. Surely they have to sit there and ha- they have to take that in and just think, this is, this is unbelievable. I, at 14, I was training behind a, a driving range, getting belted in the ankles with same fellas who were coming up 400 yarders. You know, they knew. Yeah. They knew. They were aiming. <laughs> so it's it's a different setup altogether. And the setup up there that you have is again going back to the biggest club in Ireland. That's why. Yeah. Another fact that why that setup from that and um, people watching the fourth team probably may not know, you know, or may not see. But as I said, building that up through to national the national league uh, under fifteen, seventeen, and then getting into the fourth team training day in day out with the fourth and like that is what you, that is for me the biggest difference with going to England and not going to England you know and apart from obviously trying to get them playing first team in Premier League and stuff like that is you're out, when you go over there at 16 bang you know yeah, every day playing two sessions a day maybe out on the pitch sometimes gym sessions you're a professional footballer yeah. now you have a little bit of college work going on with it but you're a professional footballer and for their lads to have that opportunity in with us to still at 16 
not finish school and not having to pack in your school work to be able to come into an environment and train again. They get fairly off straight after training, don't they? Straight yeah. after college for yeah. tailored yeah. courses. And then they're still they're trained they're professional footballers. You know, you're getting the same gym, time on the pitch, time on the pitch as a 16-year-old kids in England that are, that are paid over there in the academy setups. You're getting that same opportunity in here. And, like, you know, it's... And you've been through the mill, you've been through it all, and you know it's it's a great stand. That, 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 that thing that the club have here is a fantastic opportunity, yeah. you know, for, for them boys to as I said, getting the hours that they need on the pitch because otherwise that's that's where the the difference can happen. Mm. With sixteen year olds in England and other places will be getting so many hours mm. a week training over there in that environment that maybe if you if in that setup there wasn't there involved the club that they had with the school and you're only getting a couple of times a week, you know yeah, like, yeah. the differences can then stretch. You made a quick work of uh, Sam Bone. In our quiz recently, only took you three minutes. I listened back to this. I swear to God, I stop Oh, that more his questions. Right he just, yeah, he just he said right, and you let him go first as well. Yeah. So he said, now nah, let him go first. So took his question, took his own, took his other question, took his own. <laughs> home run. Is he still in shock? Nah, dude, he was. He was. I think he was beat before the start. Really, he had no confidence in himself. You know, but yeah, I have got. How, what have I got him? About fourteen years, have we? Yeah, yeah, good for you. Anyway, we so had the, the, uh, knowledge is uh, yeah, yeah, should be a little bit. We're having the lads fill out a sheet who they predict is going to win, and even he predicted you would win the tournament, <laughs> and he was just about to face you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that was yeah. His confidence was already but, uh, shot. So you've a history of doing well in these sort of competitions. A number of years ago, you won the hammers at the Arrows <laughs> darts competition. West Ham went on to play a mystery <laughs> opponent. So what the hell did that come about? Oh, <laughs> I think the club are. Uh, was it Betway or something? Maybe something like this. Though. It was something like that. Yeah, I think the club. I think there was a video as well, and you were looking quite suave, yeah. wasn't it? So <laughs> it was about Betway, I think, and then um, obviously I'm not too sure about Betway, but something like this Betway, and then Betway sponsored the Premier League darts, um, that was beyond on Sky and all that. Yeah. Won the finals, or I don't know where it's the final. This is beyond down the O2, which is obviously in London, and we ended up then. They had a thing about it was like. Uh, a lot of the lads, I think it was eight lads or something getting involved under the dartboard, throwing a few darts at it. And the winner then was to play in. Uh, Who won in the end? Is it you? Me. <laughs> He's just too competitive. <laughs> we have a dartboard here. He's on the I'm I'm brutal. So in the end, then went and went to the O2 and played. Uh, played. Who did play? Some rugby player. Some rugby player. Before, <laughs> before all the lads came on. No, I think it got beat. He was good. Um, yeah, so uh, finish with the, I think f- few questions. Number one being uh, best player you played with and against yeah, I love in your whole career. Now, what, sometimes people get mixed up, right? It could be one performance, or it could be how you judge them over the course of a season. Like for instance, who was a uh, a couple of a couple of people just named one performance in particular. I said that was stunning. That was the best time. They've ever played against, or it could be over the course of a season, yeah. a period of the time. Top of your head, with and against. So fucking, he's a, he's a few, he's a few picks here. Yeah, um, I think I told not too long ago there in the program, something like this, similar. I suppose it's the players with. I suppose starting off, you had obviously them lads that you mentioned earlier on, but I suppose. I, Bolton, probably the best player was Nicholas Amelka. Yeah? Came and was 
again, going back to the Arsenal thing, saying I was support Arsenal as a kid, obviously seeing playing Arsenal, and the career he went on to What was he like as a person? Was he a bit of a... No, sound. Was he, yeah? Because he sound. seemed like he a bit young. disruptive. Yeah, no, 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 definitely not. Quite kept himself himself, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I... I was a... Uh, yeah, sound. Great lad. And he, he was at the time, again, a player, Sam signed. He was coming back from Turkey, I think we signed him from, and again, wanted to play Champions League um, football again. And I think Sam sold it to him and was like, listen, at the minute... These Champions League teams aren't knocking on your door. But you can give you a pathway to come into the Premier League again, score the goals, and you will. And that's what happened. I think about 18 months he started balling and then he went to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. So he was, I suppose, one of the best there. Then at West Ham, Dimitri Poya for that season probably yeah. was one of the best. That was the best season he had, wasn't it? Was that yeah. that good season he had? Yeah. And it's probably one of the best seasons, I suppose, overall that I've seen. You know, from oh, a player yeah. to be able to keep at that level consistently was. Did he work hard in the gym or off on the? No, pitch? more just uh, more just had that total natural. Yeah, seemed like he didn't work too hard. Yeah, the gym. no, didn't. Uh, was yeah, just a incredible technical player. Then from um, players against, I suppose going back to the Arsenal, like supporting Arsenal and that, and I look at the stuff you know when you're younger collecting all the programmes and putting up the pictures on your walls and stuff like this as footballers it was the same like it was like Dennis Bergkamp Alan Shearer them sort of players so getting the opportunity Ryan Giggs getting the opportunity to play against all them guys at that stage was great you know and, but then on Rio I suppose yeah he's <laughs> a superstar well this is name dropping going yeah. on here yeah it was probably wow. the best as in because at that time do you know, like in the Premier League he was shit how was he was getting it was just yeah. You don't put up trophies for nothing, do they? Joke. Or uh, statues. So uh, you say you've only one piece of football memorabilia in your house, frame picture, when you made your Ireland debut. Mm. So, um, so it was like in Sweden in 2006. Yeah. Steve Stanson's first game in charge. Yeah. The gaffer. Yeah. No, was this one for me? It was. Yeah, the best. Really, really proud moment. Yeah, really, really proud. All moment. the family there. All the family there in the old mm. Lansdowne Road. Yeah. Um, Great, obviously, again, going to watch Orleans games over the years, you know, yourself, going to watch them in that stadium. The schoolboy stand. Great stadium. You know, great old-fashioned stadium, like, and um, then to be able to get involved and play in the game, and uh, we won. So <laughs> Felt like should have more caps? Ah, yeah, definitely, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Look back on it, it'll be one of, me, uh, one of the regrets, you know, you can't really regret injuries or something that strikes you down, I suppose. The Orleans team... Um, yeah, it's a regret definitely that I'll have. Oh, made probably made comments. We nearly we nearly get comments. you over here soon. So uh, yeah, you got a bit frustrated. The track. Oh yeah, I made some comments. Point. I think yeah. in the newspapers that listen, I regret and I learned a valuable lesson. I won't read them all back to you. We're uh, speaking to journalists and podcasts in Ireland. <laughs> no. ah, you said you felt like really a fan in a tracksuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what you called him? That's what he said. No, that's what he felt like. Oh, the fan in the tracksuit. No, and the way yeah. I sort of said yeah. it was in conversation. Really, I was speaking to the journalist and I spoke to him freely. You know, yeah. and obviously that we was pulled the, on it. That was the headline. Oh, it was the headline. I think it was in front and back pages of the newspaper at the time. And listen, I was in England, so but it was my family and friends had to had to read some of the stuff. And then obviously I had a whole stuff of he doesn't want to play. He's doing this, which I never said. And then it was I was just thinking, you know, and listen, I you still remember the chap. You know, I still remember his name. So, yeah. um, it's something after that I was very, very wary of, you know, especially with uh, 
they weren't impressing. Ah, well, they'd just run with anything, wouldn't they? Yeah. Especially two Rovers lads in a shed. You have to be careful with them. Yeah. <laughs> what they might ask, you know. <laughs> so, uh, ask him one last question, and that is yeah. elections on Thursday. Who has your vote? We were going to run as a joint bid, and we were going to run for BYOB and Tala. Uh, bring back the sesh if you vote for Tifties you vote for the sesh that's what we were going to go on that was our promise it's our mantra uh, where, uh, do you mind us asking where's your local where are you living in Columbus no nah, I'm up in Sagard Sagard yeah yeah so Sagard City West it is it's not probably probably vote Shane Fan. yeah bit of a shin on yourself yeah so that's uh, so you like the Trevor Clark sound then about the shinners have you heard that one no what's that one? Oh, it's not fit for air you need to listen to more about these songs there. there's a lot going on with the stands yeah it's hard yeah. you need to be singing loud too focused that's what it is yeah. too focused right so uh, we'll yeah. leave it at that and uh, Joey thanks very much for coming in you've been brilliant yeah thanks Joey and, yeah. Uh, a little treat for the fans midweek so we'll, we'll see you again soon right now what I'll ask thanks so much Okay, so uh, that was Joey, and fantastic guest, and hopefully we'll be back with a bit of silverware at the end of the season. Now it's the underage results from the Roadstone project we have Saturday. It was clean sweep over Bray, I think, Prof. Saturday, the 17s beat Bray 5-1 at Roadstone, and the 13s beat Bray 5-2 at Roadstone as well. Sunday, the 15s beat Bray Wanderers 5-1, Pierce Park, Sully Noggin, as it turned out, not Crumlin, as yeah. I was told by Bill Gleeson. And the 19s beat Bray 2-0 in Kiltern, and goals for Ole Kanye and... Smithers Excellent The 19th begin their 6 week break 6 weeks That's crazy 6 week break According to the fixture list Yeah it's 6 weeks uh, The 17th are away to Carl Kilkenny on Saturday 15th are away to Cabo on Sunday And the 13th are at home To Wexford on Saturday So Another fun filled fixture list For the Roadstone And uh, our Young Hoops And the Shamrock Rovers Amputee team Travelled to Cork And put in two very good performances Beating Bowles 1-0 in their first game And drawing 1-0 with the Champs Aren't they Cork? Won all and the results see Rovers remain top of the table. And then we have the under 17s tournament that has been taking place in and around Ireland and Talla hosted the final. Netherlands beat Italy 4 2 in the final of the under 17s European Championships in Talla. Right, so, uh, yeah, great standard apparently. And a 15 year old even got on the score sheet in the final. Very, very large 15 year old. So I do. <laughs> I won't see the birds there. Not following Joey's guide for nutrition, no. <laughs> no. So, um, a message from Glenn Dunn. Uh, one of our adversaries, you could say. My little one, Hannah's. Uh, my little one, Hannah. Their team won the league on Sunday. The Shankill girl under tour dance. They did the halftime game versus UCD a while back, and they might remember her and our friend Cassie did an intro for the podcast, which was great crack when we had the kids on yeah, earlier this season. And they bought wear Rovers jersey under their team jerseys every week, so they're representing. So a big congratulations to Cassie and the Shankill under tour dance who have league medals around their necks. So congrats again. And then the Junior Hoops will be doing a bit of work with Autism Ireland. They'll have uh, some some new fans with them on Friday. And they're nearly at the magic 100 members mark. So if anyone else is thinking of joining up, help them get them there. And the little celebration when they mark the 100 members. And um, I'll fire some quick stats that you saw there. Stats. Darts. Give them fire them our way, Prof. Right, here's some darts for you. That was our seventh straight win over Harps. Whereas we're, ne- yeah, whereas we're now looking for back-to-back back league wins over Cork for the first time in six years. Ooh. Haven't done it in that long. So Green and McNiff are top scorers joint on five. Did, hold on, I think, am I seeing this right? Five in a row in Donegal? Yep. Why are we so apprehensive going up there? I don't know, we always win. We have the dancing dog in the room, so... Mm. Dog's not pawing the glass, that's fine. <laughs> 
So Makanif is no longer ever present. So Simon Madden remains the only outfield player in the Tala era to play every game in the season. Big oh, right. Al is ever present so far this year, and he also did in 2010. He played every game. And Ethan Boyle came on against UCD. That Good was, to see him back. Yeah, that was his first game since he came off injured in the third game of the season against Bowes. And Dean Dillon was a sub against Harps. That was his first league appearance of the year. And again, we now have the best, joint best defence in the league. Ten goals conceded along with Bowes. Ten each. Now that is it. And uh, it was 20, so can we... Can we beat 20 from last year? Let's hope so. Well, it was 20 clean sheets. Oh, 20 clean sheets, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, next up we have starting 11s and predictions. Right, I'll go first, Prof. Um, I'm going to have Alan Manson goal, of course. Joey O'Brien right back. Pico and Grace centre half with Trevor Clark left full. Um, hopefully Cavill's coming back soon enough. No word on that. But we'll, I will have Bourne... Bulger and Finner in the middle of the park with uh, Greener up top. Who am I missing, Prof? Missing the midfielder here. Watts. Watts. Watts will definitely step into the fray there. And. Cork. Did you choose between Carr or Brandon Carr Cabinet? Or Brandon Cabinet. I'd say Carr because he got a goal against UCD, so we'll go with that. And prediction, I'll it's say. the same team that we played. I'll say I'll say a tight two one, tight two one. I think you've got it the same team that we played Monday. So if, if I so, think so, yeah. so, I'll keep the same. Yeah, I don't. There's no. I'm not going to change it. It's it's a winning team, isn't it? I'm keep picking the same team as well. What was your score? Two one, prof. Two one against Cork. I say a tight one nil win. Oh, it's been a while. So yeah, no, well, it's not actually been a while because we just won. <laughs> so that is it. We have reached 900 followers on Twitter. That is at East Stand Pod. Instagram is Tales from the East Stand. Um, yeah. Vote Tifties. Vote Tifties. Yeah. A vote for Tifties is a vote for the sesh. We promise to bring you the sesh. So uh, Joey has cast his vote as well. So big thank you to him and. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. So see you in the South Stand and keep on hoping. See you.